Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate, a person with a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have this incessant need to like reintroduce myself because when guests come on, there are new people and I want to seem legit. And you know how like people need no introduction. Well, like where I'm at in my career, I need like several, but also I don't want to beat a dead horse. So, you know, if you want to know the, the, the sitch, you can listen back to episode one or really listen to any of my other episodes where I wax poetic in different formats about a career that I struggle to understand. Um, but the bottom line is I am a lover of pop culture, a sponge of all things happening in current and former zeitgeists. And a true joy for me is anything involving words spoken or, or written. And my central goal is to always have meaningful discussions about meaningless topics relative to what is, you know, impactful and moving the needle in the world in a larger sense. Now, the royals are a favorite topic of conversation of mine. And Something that, you know, if you ask my husband, are wasting taxpayer dollars. I'm making him sound like he's a 75-year-old man. But he, you know, the peanut gallery is like not interested in the royals, the, the, any notion of a figurehead. I, on the other hand, will never, ever dismiss their importance because, well, let me start by saying first, uh, as always, when I have guests on the podcast, it's split up into segments. The first part where I kind of like talk about my thoughts on the subject, set it up, explain things we maybe didn't explain that well. And then the interview itself. And it's oftentimes context for the interview. Sometimes it's not. But this is a, a solo podcast. I don't have a co-host. This entire thing is built upon me talking to myself. And I think, um, you know, I just want to always remind people this is an at-will conversation. And if you want to get to just the interview, go to like minute 20. But I actually am talking through some specific royal-related content that I wanted to talk about as it relates to the difficult summer Harry and Meghan have had and how my thoughts have maybe changed a little bit since Merritt and I last talked. But again, feel free to fast forward if not important to you. If you weren't absolutely taken, compelled, transported by Crystal, with a K, her song Supergirl! Exclamation point from The Princess Diaries soundtrack, I can't help you, and you're probably not my people anyways, because I hear these songs. I am taken back to Disney Channel music videos. Like, I am just like, give me Samantha Moomba, gotta tell you. Give me Myra's Miracles Happen. If the more random you are, and if you have a Y in your name in place of an I, sign me up. Color me a super girl that's a super fan. And I just love this song, and it's... I, I always like like in my royal episodes to the Princess Diaries because not only are they two of the finest films of our time with 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 goddess dame arbiter of true perfection Julie Andrews I I I love both of the movies it's before Anne Hathaway had cringy behavior uh, condescending pixie cut and you know uh, the the role of Fantine under her belt to look at us all like we're but a bunch of Javert's in a world where poor, wealthy actresses like her are the victims. She was so likable in the Princess Diaries series. And, um, you know, while I think that they would reconsider now the waxing of those bushy brows that Mia Thermopolis had, those, I mean, they, they, th that is the dream. That's the goal. 
and for them to like straighten her gorgeous curly hair and to wax those brows and to take off her glasses. It's just a funny continuation of that 90s, early aughts narrative of if you have glasses and coarse hair and or wear nerdy clothes and you remove those things, your true beauty from the outside will shine. And that's really not what we're going for in this era. But to be fair, you know, Mia did need to like work on her posture, her mannerisms and like her just overall vibe, though I just don't think her hair and brows really had much to do with it. I really like the music from both the films. Chris Pine was such is such the perfect prince slash villain. James Marsden is like the perfect non-villain prince because he has softer features. But Chris Pine like really nails like I'm undressing you with my eyes, but I'm also gunning for the throne and will cut you while being incredibly sexy and tempting all the while. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was like on his like spec sheet for his character. <laughs> um, but he uh, I, I, when I was looking through the songs, I was reminded of the glory of of so many of them. I've obviously already used Kelly Clarkson. I've obviously already used Myra's Miracles Happen. Uh, the song that truly haunts my dreams is that of Stupid Cupid by Mandy Moore. Not necessarily because of the song, because it's a remake. It's kind of like when I Aaron Carter remade I Want Candy for Lizzie McGuire. I think you and I would both be kidding ourselves if we saw, you know, a pair of pocketless silver flared pants that were uh, so deeply metallic. It exceeds anything that's fashionably metallic. It's straight up like Capri Sun, Alex Mack into a radioactive puddle degrees of liquid metal. Her and Miranda dancing in that video to Aaron in an equally, you know, eyesore in retrospect, but sign of the times silver jumpsuit. Apologies if you just heard like a light ringtone. I get a lot of robocalls, a lot of people that are like, I want to buy your property. And I'm like, I'm a renter. Suck it. You know, I know you wouldn't. If you look up my demographics of my phone number, you might think I'm a homeowner, but <laughs> I, I got you good. <laughs> Only silver lining of my nomadic lifestyle. Um, but anyway, what was I saying? Oh, I was talking about how uh, Stupid Cupid's a, a remake. And I'm not offended by the song, but I'm offended by, well, A, how she treated Mia Thermopolis and, you know, orchestrated the come down of the tent when she was changing, which is uh, needless bullying on another level. But Lana's character, I mean, she was just so insufferable. It was Mandy Moore's first role, which is kind of like film role, which, you know, I guess we have the Princess Diaries to thank for her now tolerable presence on This Is Us when for years... I was I was bothered by her presence. I liked, you know, her debut single, Candy of it all. I didn't need her in the, you know, center stage soundtrack because, you know, you, you put on a leotard, like a, a, a sheer practice skirt, some like leg warmers, and, you know, you get on point with a tight shot that probably was a body double and not you, and then you breathily sing like, I want to be with you. I just was like, eh, okay, get to step and we're good. We've got Jamiroquai, we've got Michael Jackson, though, you know, now I wouldn't say that. But at the time, The Way You Make Me Feel was a great choice for that final scene, which has a transition only akin to that of Beyonce's homecoming and uh, the Saved by the Bell, the hot Sundays, put your mind to it, go for it, get down and break a sweat, as highlighted on Heather McMahon's episode. Great transitions with clothing swap outs all across the board, you know, switches into that fierce red outfit. And we hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Higher Ground. These are good. This, that is good music. At the time, I didn't need Mandy Moore's I Want to Be With You. Side note, this is so unlikable. <laughs> but on Facebook, uh, like, some people are listening to my old episodes. 
and will like say stuff I said. And I'm like, did I say that? And there's this one really unnotable episode or a little more Haley Baldwin, a little more less Haley Joel Osment, where I, I talk about Coyote Ugly and Center Stage as being like really important films to my youth. And uh, they, the girl said that I said, I hope this episode has better turnout than Jody Sawyer. <laughs> and I'm like laughing at myself. I, I didn't know I said that. I didn't know I even had the joke in me. But I, okay, this is terrible. It's so cringy. I was really proud of that joke because Jody Sawyer had abysmal turnout. And I love being condescending about things that I'm also bad at, well, worse at. It just kind of like feels good. And um, also... I, at that time, I don't think my numbers were really doing anything great. So all around, R of A for me. At the time, it was T's and P's for my podcast continuing. Now I give myself rounds of applause for still trying to stick the landing anyway. Unlike Cooper Nielsen. Just kidding. He stuck all of his landings. His, his dancing was artful. That joke didn't work whatsoever. And I should quit while I'm ahead. Anyway, the that this for five minutes, I've been trying to tell you how I found Mandy Moore's presence in the aughts, and even going into the 2010s, to not really be anything notable or non-cringy. And this was mostly, actually solely due to her singing Stupid Cupa. <laughs> Cupa. She, the way she cracks her voice is so, so bad, and it's so frustrating, and it sounds so cartoonish and childish, and... The fact that Lana Thompson was just, like, up on that stage at that beach party in San Francisco. Like, where were they? Um, I guess, like, at the base of the bridge or something. I don't know. Um, I know there's a beach there, but, like, it just doesn't seem like the type of beach that, you know, whatever. Um, when she was like, stupid cute, stop picking on me. I, was, I just, uh, I even like dying even saying it. Anywho, that is why I picked Supergirl. And now we are at 10 minutes. Sorry, I'm, like, losing it. Anyway, back to, 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 back to Megan and Harry. Um, Merritt came over a few weeks ago, and this was the week where I had recorded like six or seven podcasts in like five days. I don't even know. It was so much podcasting. She came over at the end of the week. I was so grateful to sit down and like talk with a friend because I know her so much better now. And we just kind of like saw where the conversation went. We were initially going to talk more about Kate, but then I was actually way more interested in in talking about Merritt. I mean, you can, like you can kind of get this audible sense of like my head exploding when she tells me she went to like six Deb balls because I'm like, why have we not been talking about this the whole time? Like, I must know Rory Gilmore. What's going on? Like, who was your Logan Huntsberger? You were presented to society. What does that mean? What did you wear? Did you have to go to practice? Were the girls bitches? What was the Serena Vanderwoods and Blair Waldorfoot of it all? Who were like the popular girls? Where are they now? Are they thriving? Did they burn bright but burn out fast? I have to know everything. And that has to be a follow up episode, but you'll, we'll get to that in the episode um but yeah i'm so happy to have Merritt back on the episode i know you guys love her she was a big request to come back and talk royals and we did talk a lot of royals but we also go on a lot of tangents but i actually find it to be more fun than a structured topical episode but what we're talking about is kind of like you know the past summer that they've had and at the time when i was kind of like burnt out and had a ton of podcast thing that I had done I wasn't like I was having trouble remembering all this stuff they had been doing this summer but I think we slowly get there but really what we're talking about is like since the time Merritt and I spoke there's this major fallout of Will and Kate there's a perception of an excessive spending of public money on their Frogmore house um, a perception of hypocrisy in terms of jet setting around the world in private jets going on vacations to Nice and Ibiza Ibiza within like a week of each other following like the Google conference. Um, 
you know, it was like an eco camp in Sicily that like and Harry kind of was on this high horse about uh, carbon footprints and climate change. And, you know, obviously that was a whole issue. And um, just the general notion of how little was shared and how little has been shared about Archie since he was born. And also just some like other small things that maybe like aren't talked about as much, but I still think are interesting, like well, you know, first of all, they broke off to be managed separately from like the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Will and Kate, they are separately managed under like Sussex Royal. And um, they have they've lost two directors. One's Natalie Denise Campbell and one is Sarah Latham, um, according to public records for reasons unknown. Daily Mail says a royal source claimed the women were only given t- temporary director status. But besides that, like they've their their staff turnover is bananas but what what happened more recently that was controversial is they brought on this um public relations and crisis management firm called Sunside, Sunshine Sachs to work on the Sussex Royal Charity and that was created after they broke off the foundation that they started with Will and Kate so Sunshine Sunshine Sachs clients are like Ben Affleck, the Clintons, Leonardo DiCaprio. These are like kind of like shark intense old school PR people that are Americans. And it's a big source of controversy that a, you know, crisis and defamation expert would need to be on a, a the, the charity board, would need to be overseeing their PR. And that the, you know, why wouldn't crisis management be handled by somebody that understands the royal system and not the Americans and that it's like not working in their favor and um, the first event Sunshine Sacks had for them was launching Travelist with a Y like Lyft because we can't start a startup without swapping out a necessary valve for a not so necessary Y, um, which is a sustainable tourism initiative that Harry announced when he was in Amsterdam. And he wh- what he said was, which I don't, which I I think is fair, is that we can we cannot dismiss the idea of doing something just because we cannot do everything. And we can all do better. And while no one is perfect, we all have a responsibility for our own individual impact. And here's the thing. There is it is laced with hypocrisy. And that is a problem. And I think it was mishandled. But his point, too, is kind of like he has a he has a, a, a global scale and, and an ability to reach and resonate with people so far and above anything any of us can do individually. And him using his platform to be heralding this is is a piece of it that's important and worth considering. But also you can't discount doing one aspect of good because you're not doing another. You know what I mean? Like we have to do what we can on an individual level and do the best we can and be mindful of what we're doing. And due to this issue, it's important that he raises awareness for the small ways in which we can reduce our carbon footprint and He's not perfect, but also he's in an extenuating circumstance that none of us can really understand. So I don't know if I completely fault him and I just am so confused. Um, But I think a lot of like the critical uh, response is like, do they want um, to be celebrities or do they want to be public servants? Do they want to be, you know, hardworking, a a part of the the British royal family? And um, the Post said that if they want, I was reading an article in the Post that said if they want to be royal, their duty is to first support the monarch and the second to promote national un- unity. Nothing else is required of them. Markle does not seem to fully understand her role as a public servant. It's about service, not about telling people how wonderful you are. She said, I have yet to speak to a member of the British working class or middle class who is in favor of Meghan's conduct. But again, I'm kind of like, what conduct? That she flew to go to Wimbledon? 
to watch her friend play tennis, that she had a baby shower with celebrities, that she takes celebrities' jets. I, I don't know. It's kind of like these are things everyone does that's in that's like famous. But I guess what they're saying is, is that royals aren't supposed to be famous. They're supposed to be public servants and that all the stuff she's carrying over of her celebrity life is inappropriate. But I guess my problem is I have trouble seeing it as in it as inappropriate because to me, royals are celebrities. And I don't really understand the the breadth of their duties, perhaps. But um, I think that like she's just kind of transitioning her old life to her new one. But does she have to completely abandon her old one? Like, do we want that from people? They're, they're like 18th in line for the throne. Not really. But like. I don't know. Can she live? I'm just confused. Anyway, I think that we're in this era of royals where there's an immense pressure for them to have public favor because the 90s was such a dumpster fire with Charles and Camilla and, you know, pre-Diana's passing that they, you know, I think there's an element of not being strategic that makes them more charming than ever. But I think that that is largely a strategy because they recognize that they could be doing so much if they can keep it together. But I think inevitably in a pressure cooker under a microscope, there's going to be cracks and we're going to see them at times, but it's so hard to figure out what's real from what's not real, what's speculation from what's in front of our face. And I don't know. I just think that they're so interesting to analyze because I literally would crumble in Megan's position. I don't like at my wedding, I almost like, completely cracked under the pressure of knowing for like 10 seconds people would be staring at me while walking down the aisle can you imagine your entire life being you like walking down the aisle people are like sizing you up want to know what you look like what are you going to wear what is your face going to do what's his face going to do they're just like staring at you with each singular pace and like you just feel this intense i don't know like i, I really cannot imagine and i think that like kate handles it with such grace and she was such a fit for the role. And even though there's a lot of reasons people write off Megan, whether they think she's a social climber or she's an actress and she did everything in her power to get there. and da, da, da. I actually really don't see that. I think sometimes we need to be OK with people being well-meaning. And I think sometimes we need to be OK with the fact that, you know, she didn't want to be on the cover and she wanted to bring other forces of change onto the onto British Vogue and that her choice of the word boastful while it was unfortunate and did kind of reflect on Kate being on the cover, that might not have been, you know, it might been, have been out of context. It, it might not have, you know, been directed toward her at all. I highly doubt it was because she's not that stupid. And I just think that, like, we need to ask ourselves when we're so hypercritical of women who are largely attempting to net positive, what kind of subconscious biases are we succumbing to? Would we do that if it were a man doing the same things? And is there really anything wrong with somebody trying to incorporate tradition to the best of their ability, but to also modernize it for a different world that we're in now from when it was established? And I think a lot of the UK press is so hard on her because tradition is everything. I, as an American who did not grow up steep, steeped in that sort of, you know, rigid protocol that is so, you know, uh, ingrained in the fiber of, of the royals of having an even a monarchy in your country— I perhaps don't respect those things in a way that somebody who grew up with it would. And I think that what they're experiencing and what I, too, sometimes judge them for, like, I, I don't think they do this perfectly, but I think it's an impossible task of delineating where your public service ends and your privacy begins. And the difference between them and a normal celebrity, their vocation, their career, what we pay the tickets to see them do 
does have a hard, clear separation from their private life, even though I often argue a, a crucial element of PR to contribute to your your public persona is letting us in a little bit. It does benefit you. There is a difference between a, an actor that is solely there for their craft and a celebrity in the difference between an actor or a singer or whatever it is trade-wise and a celebrity is that element of public relations, is that development of a persona, is that machine that gets the public talking about you and interested in you. And I think that when you have one foot in or half-assed the machine, it's just frustrating because you're getting all of the benefits of, of your you know, status without really giving anything to the public who's heralding you and putting you on a pedestal to even get you there in the first place. I do think there's an imbalance of give and take with a typical celebrity. So on the one hand, she's well-equipped because she's media-trained. She's used to a certain amount of attention. She knows a lot of people in Hollywood. She's probably used to feeling small because she didn't get a lot of roles. I can still, to this day, cannot imagine being her and being like the most, you know, like coveted person in the world that like Beyonce's nervous to meet. But like two years ago, she wouldn't have even like, you know, sneezed on the beat and the beat got sicker, like near you. Like she wouldn't have like even looked your way. But who you married makes you important all of a sudden. I still that's such like a mind F for me um, in terms of like what we value and prioritize. But whatever. Uh, I think that like she's well equipped in a fame sense, but the royals aren't celebrities. They are public servants. And the UK expects a ton of them. And they expect them to act in the exact way in which they've previously behaved, especially because they're under the same leadership of the queen. And when they're shaking this up, because remember, Harry's mother died as a result of the incessant public probing and paparazzi. When he's trying to modify his own family that he's probably fiercely protective over to work for them, and it's different from what it used to look like, but he has every right to do that because in response to the tragedy he went through, I think it makes a ton of sense. But when a component of being a public servant involves letting people into your private life because your private life and your public life are very uniquely publicly funded, you're in an impossible situation. Sure, they have some private funds, but their Frogmore Cottage renovation is largely publicly funded. A lot of their private air travel has been publicly funded. They've had to defend themselves when it wasn't. And I think as like, you know, lovers of pop culture, spectators of celebrities, people that are interested in royals, there's a side of us that's like, you know, step up to the plate. This is your job. You know, we don't really feel that bad for you. You have the world at your fingertips. But then I would hope all of us as as whether, you know, you're a mother, uh, as daughters, as sisters, as friends, as, as people that understand that, you know, you, you could have everything in the world at your fingertips. But the second something in your personal life goes awry with somebody you care about, with your your family, your closest friends, your children, whatever, the rest of the world effectively does not exist nor matter. And I feel that in that situation, as a human, I would do everything in my power to protect my son and my family and our sanctity, our sanity, and also try to do the best job I can, but find my own personal boundaries within that. And for a person that didn't grow up with that sort of mindset and uh, understanding of protocol of what it means to be a royal, I'm sure she struggles with that greatly. I know I would. And I just like never know how to feel about it because is it so maddening for them to, for like Harry and like all these people to go to that Google conference in Italy on their private jets, use like crap tons of fuel 
and then, you know, preach to other rich people using crap tons of fuel about how the rest of us should use less fuel when our carbon footprints just like pale in comparison to that much private air travel. Like, yeah, it's hypocritical. It's frustrating. It got him in hot water and it's something he really should have thought about. And I think that they do need to think about. But I, I think like, I don't know, it's just interesting. I guess what I'm saying is I support Megan. I actually do think she's well-intentioned. Again, I don't understand the depths of it because I'm not, you know, I'm not British and I don't maybe have the reverence for the the monarchy that I should. But, you know, I, I, I also get when things are hypocritical, when you give us a little but not enough, when Kate and William show us their, you know, that she steps out of the Linda wing and we get the pictures and all that stuff. And like Megan and Harry won't do that. We're like, oh, man, but we're so invested. Like, don't bring us into them, push us away. But boundaries have to exist. And given that, like, I can't get a handful of bad podcast reviews without, like, going into, like, a, you know, Trader Joe's box wine-induced spiral, I cannot imagine what, like, consistent, harsh, racist criticism on on the next level being slung at you 24-7 feels like. And to not only have that, but your own family doesn't have your back. I'm sure it's a very difficult existence for your mental health. And I just think most of us would absolutely, like, like, I wouldn't even go to Wimbledon if I couldn't have, like, wine. But you know what I mean? Like, they, they can't do anything fun. They can't, like, let loose. Like, I don't think she's three, six, nine, damn, she fine on the dance floor. I don't think she gets to have fun at weddings and like participate in sorority chants. She was a KKG at Northwestern. I'm sure she wants to be like, chug a beer, chug a beer, chug a beer like a KKG can <laughs> or like whatever. That was a KD chant, but that's what we do at weddings. Um, and, you know, I'm sure she just wants to like be herself, live her life. She's like a fun young woman that like used to do fun things and travel and laugh with her girlfriends and like talk about saucy things on the TIG and like have a personality and just like be given the space and grace to be a human. And now she's not allowed any of that. And I just, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that sacrifice shouldn't come with great privilege, but I am saying that if presented with that situation, I think we would all have a very challenging time navigating. So the, okay. So anyways, I say all this because I just wanted to give you like a summary of the controversy and what we're kind of talking about and some of the stuff that we maybe didn't cover in depth because we get on tangents, but I think the tangents are more fun anyway. And thanks to Merritt for joining me. She's just such a a supportive person, good friend. We went to dinner afterward. It's like so nice when you can just, I don't know, around some people, I feel like a very calculated version of myself. Like I'm very aware of what I'm saying and how I'm acting, but I just love people I'm comfortable around. And Merit's one of those people that we like sit down for dinner and we're like, okay, let's dive into like religious politics, personal finances. And I mean, like, I'm just kidding. But like, you know what I mean? It's like you can just talk freely and it doesn't matter and it's not taboo. And I just appreciate her so much. And I know you guys do, too. And I think you'll really enjoy getting to know her more in this interview. And I cannot wait till we do more of a dive into um, the Rory Gilmore of it all. <laughs> I was like so obsessed with this. <laughs> but anyways, obviously, she's so much more very intelligent, knows so much about the Royals, is so good at her job, is so realistic about her job and is such a breath of fresh. And I'm so happy I had to have her here today. So after these brief messages, because, guys, I hope it, if you've been here from the beginning, if you're on Patreon, especially, you know, the road to advertisers has been a rough one. The road to making this more of a job job has been a rough one. And I am so, so grateful to finally have some support and please support our sponsors hope you know you're okay with the format having more ads it's been 19 months but now i'm hoping we're getting to a place where i can organize this and treat this in a more streamlined professional fashion that is released in a more consistent schedule that 
It's been interesting figuring out how to, how to assemble my variety of jobs in a way that makes the most sense business-wise. And having advertisers is like a, such a game changer. And I'm so incredibly grateful. And I hope you know I mean that. And it's I'm not a person with an automatic huge platform that's just like using this as a revenue stream. I'm a person that's like really been trying so hard to get people to take this seriously because I know those of you that are fans really care about it. And I'm grateful. And I just appreciate you guys being so supportive and understanding of that. And anyway... So, okay. Love you so much. Talk to you later. Okay. Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when I was talking with Heather McMahon about like health stuff and I was saying how I felt like I couldn't get out of bed in the morning and my cortisol levels were low and like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not the best at keeping tabs on these things. And it's funny because I'm so not really the target for this type of product. And I've heard it on podcasts before and thought it was a good idea. But until I tried it, I was like, okay, this, yeah, this, <laughs> this makes so much sense for somebody like me, especially that is a bit lazy, doesn't do a lot of research and feels like overwhelmed by options. Like I have this problem where I talk in circles and I don't just tell you what it is. Anyway, I'm working with Care of, which is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your health needs to your door. And when I before, you know, I even signed on to have them as a sponsor, I was like, okay, let me just get online and see what this is, what's happening, because I'm always skeptical, you know, like with doing like the wine quiz and stuff, I was like, oh, wait, this is actually awesome and really narrows down your needs. Similarly, you go online and take a quiz and you answer questions about like your diet and lifestyle and fitness and health goals. You do the whole charade where you're like, yeah, I have like two glasses of wine a week. But, you know, you should be honest. It's important to be honest. And um, Carev puts together like a personalized plan of vitamins and supplements for you. And I'm just like trying to get back into a healthier routine I feel like as a self-employed person, I just don't take good enough care of myself. And until in front of my face, it was like, you probably need some like, you know, like serious magnesium. I was like, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll take that into consideration. And uh, here I am now recording this at 10 p.m. Also, I have gnarly food allergies to fruits and vegetables. I don't even get like regular nutrients. So I really should have been doing this for a long time. But Beyond like just putting you in a routine and the online quiz that's awesome and tells you exactly what you need. It also asked me questions about like, are you thinking about getting pregnant soon? How much sleep do you get? Are you looking for more energy? You know, do you want healthy hair, skin and nails? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. All those things except getting pregnant soon. But like I want healthy skin, hair and nails. I want more energy. I want to feel better. I want to be impossibly glowing. And it was just funny reading these questions and being like, why didn't I ask myself these before? Um, but anyway, it's just, it, it really should be more easy and convenient to take care of these things. And I love having these little packets because they deliver them in daily packs customized to what you, what your recommendations were from the quiz. So you're only taking what you need and you get the vitamin packs or they might recommend like a protein powder and it's sent to your door. They come in daily little packets with your name on it. And it's super cute. And I had mine addressed to Beth Aaron five, my alter ego, because Everyone on Instagram is always like, hey, Beth, what's up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you're like a diehard fan. My name's Kate and this is Be There in Five, not Beth Aaron Five, but whatever. At least I'm in on the joke, you know? So Beth takes her pack every day. <laughs> Be There in Five Stars all around. <laughs> so what you can do is go to takecareof.com and enter Be There in Five at checkout for 25% off your first care of order. Again, that's takecareof.com. And enter be there in five at checkout for 25% off your first order and, you know, take care of yourself. Did I make that up? I would, I, I, that was a rundown. That's a pretty good. That's definitely a slogan they thought of. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Now back to Merit. Hey, 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 set me free. Hey, 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 set me free. 
Stupid Cupid, stop picking on me. I am back with one of your favorites. One of my most um, uh, downloaded episodes of all time was none other than the Royal Deep Dive with Merritt Beck of the Style Scribe. Hello. Welcome back. I'm, back. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. It's weird because I feel like I just saw you, but it was what, mid May, and now it's late August. Yeah, but see, that's the thing with Instagram. You sort of feel like you keep up with each other and no time has passed. You really do. <laughs> do you um, mind, you know, just in case anybody's new here, telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. <laughs> I live in Dallas. I write two fashion blogs actually now. Um, one is The Style Scribe, which is about me and kind of whatever I want to talk about at any given time. And the other is Sussex Style Watch, which is all about Meghan Markle and her royal style. And I recreate her style to showcase different price points and how you can recreate her looks for less and all that good stuff. So can I ask you a question? Yes. Have you sold through an affiliate link, one of her like Mondo expensive designer dresses. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's shocking how people will go to those links to truly be just like her. That is amazing. And that is serious commission. And I think you're a genius. Affiliate links are, are something I am very new to, but, um, given my, you know, heralding of my jorts, I learned the power of, yes. I mean, once somebody you, uh, are influenced by is the wrong word, but are inspired by where's something that you love and you love her. I mean, there's something about it that makes yeah. you want to have it yourself. If you're so. going to buy it anyway. Yeah. I think too. Well, it was interesting when the first time I talked to you, cause everybody I talked to with like under the influence interviews and stuff is like uh, affiliate fees or peanuts. It's all brand partnerships. But you were like, no, if, like I make For a living me, off yeah. of, affiliate fees, but I think that speaks more to maybe your engagement and influence than anything else. I have this problem of, uh, it's whenever I'm in person with people and I like want to compliment them because I, anybody I'm talking to, I, you know, think does a good job of what they do. It's makes me laugh because I know it's uncomfortable to be like, thank you. I do have high engagement. <laughs> like, thank you. This is going well for me, but I really do think you do a very good job. And, um, I also got a lot of comments too on the podcast I did about, uh, uh, Mormon mommy bloggers, I like mentioned you off handedly in a quote and people were like, that was um, really pr like profound or interesting or like good to think about because I think we all are like, I'm so slammed. I'm busy. I'm working so hard. And when you said that to me, I literally never forgot it. Well, it's easy to make anything feel hard. It's easy to over dramatize whatever you're doing. I mean, but if you consider what probably a million other people are doing every day. Like my job is really easy. <laughs> like I am right. very grateful for my situation. I will never forget it, but it's, I think it's definitely something to, to consider regardless of yes. what industry you're in, what you're working on. A hundred percent. And I think that a lot of influencers get themselves into trouble when they seem to be like bitter and annoyed and complaining all and the time. complaining all the time. And I've done that occasionally. We've I mean, all we done it, but it's, there's it, a difference but. between like situational and consistent that right. becoming like kind of your brand. So last time we talked a lot about kind of like the road to Megan, we did a kind of beginning wing to wing when they started dating, um, to the wedding. And she had had Archie the wet, we met Literally on a, that week, that week, yeah. it was like the day before. Yeah. And so the big thing we were talking about then was the name was the That's name. We hadn't seen him yet. We, I don't think we had, we no, had literally just gotten the name. No, it was the day after that really awkward press oh, junket. Was it? Okay. When we were talking about the video footage, how she was like micro posing. Yes. <laughs> I she love was doing micro -pose. the blogger stuff. Yes. 
Okay. And um, how it the whole thing was just like very uncomfortable. But, you know, it was still like, obviously the baby's cute and they did the announcement and we didn't think we were even going to get that. But could we even tell that the baby was cute? We barely saw his face. Like Harry, when they asked him to tilt it, it was like, <laughs> well, right. I did. Well, I did an episode I on even see him. There was a minute when we hadn't seen him for two chill. months. I haven't seen him. Well, I mean, in the brief photos that I've seen him in. Right. He looks very sleepy and cute. Very, very <laughs> sweet. And I, you know, even though that photo call was awkward, we saw the next, we didn't see him again until that christening, correct? I think so. And that was controversial because people thought it should have been public. But in between, I don't know if we knew when we did the podcast that he was um, Archie Mountbatten Windsor, but I don't think we knew that they officially said he was a private citizen. Like he's not going to be a working royal. I thought they said that when he was born because then they were like, they're going to call him Master Archie. They said that Did like they? the week of. Yeah. Maybe we didn't talk about that. I don't know if we knew that yet. Had we seen the queen? No, we had because we talked about that. But I feel like it was the same week because they had that picture with Doria and the queen and everything. But, but we found out real soon that it was Master Archie. Because okay. I thought that was really funny that well, people yeah. would call him that. I still <laughs> wish it was Archibald, if I'm being honest. I mean, that just makes me think of Gossip Girl, but... You know. Is that... Oh, Nate, Nate Archibald? Yeah, he was hot. Um, he was hot. And he's in a new show, actually. Um, he's from the Dallas area, you know. And his sister's married to Tony Romo. Yep. I know so much about sports. I was just so proud I of myself for saying it. I'm just kidding. I know I've never been to nothing. a Cowboys game. I only Don't know, me, please. I only know a sports person if they're married, like married to or dated a celebrity or a Kardashian. It's the best kind. Um, and also Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is my everything life do you watch that show no i don't watch it so watch good. reality remember? i know but it's like <laughs> dancing it's so entertaining oh i just can't i think you would love it <laughs> um so it's because i was kind of before this episode looking back okay when have we seen megan and the the times that have been few match. and far between but the chatter has not let up no of course i mean of course not i mean for example the daily mail will come up with just about anything to say about any of the royals just Summer is rough because they're all on vacation. August is a time when nobody is working. There's not a single royal engagement. Don't, True. Don't quote me on that. But I mean, you really don't see them doing anything. Um, and so they're just they're just trying to get page views. It's clickbait. It's total clickbait. And, um, you know, of course, there's the people that. So the, the polo match that was adorable that was real cute and they i mean they hung out together her and kate and the kids that was the first time we'd sweet. ever seen something casual jovial paparazzi candid worst yes seem like obviously they went to wimbledon together which was planned this seemed more casual like oh just like two moms going to a soccer match it's obviously not soccer but speaking Right. Like soccer mom terms. Right. Like polo moms aren't really yeah. like a thing. <laughs> it's not really a thing. <laughs> no, I agree. It was so cute. And um, that was kind of the first time we were like, oh, maybe this rivalry is like NBD. Um, Until. <laughs> a conspiracy theorist would also tell you that it was, you know, conveniently the same. Well, within 12 hours of the uh, lawsuit about Prince Andrew first leaking. And literally the polo match got so much coverage. Really? It quite literally drowned out on Daily Mail, at least. It pushed down the that, Prince Andrew stuff. I don't even know what you're talking about. So it obviously worked. Yeah. I mean, you're aware of Prince Andrew's like oh, involvement with the Epstein Yes, stuff. but I didn't see it then. I've 
I've seen it in recent weeks, but mm-hmm. that was like over a month ago. Yeah, that was the first. I never. I totally missed that. They totally succeeded, right? No, <laughs> those I, PR people did their jobs. They did their jobs, and like, because I was kind of like, huh, this seems weird that they that she. It, it just is like they're so private. It's yeah. hard to get footage like that. But we were talking, and um, that might have was that after Wimbledon though. I don't think so. I think it was before. Yeah, and then Wimbledon. The first round, we were delighted with Kate, Megan, and Pippa, which I think was very smart. Yes. Because it, and put Megan in the middle. Put, put her in the middle. And she talked to both. And it was like very uh, jovial. It was very like casual. And they all were laughing a lot. And I think it, I, I would be more relaxed if my sister were around. Yeah. I'd be funnier if my sister were around. Cause like we, you know, you have your energy. And, um, it honestly was like the sweetest thing ever. I really enjoyed the footage of that. I wish I'd see more video footage, but what, and what was Megan wearing that day? She was wearing that pleated skirt, which I hated. What, what? It was Hugo I... Boss. And it was like a graphic printed pleated midi skirt. And With what shirt? A white button down, which she's known to wear a lot. That's Her... what she wore with Kate and Pippa. And then she wore jeans and the uh, Legence blazer. I'm probably saying that wrong that she wore on the Royal tour. She wore that with a hat and sunglasses and a black top and heels with her two friends that she went the day before a week before or whatever. I liked with her, the outfit with her friends better. Yes. But it did also didn't really make sense. I like jeans and heels to Wimbledon. It's like a sundress situation. I don't know. Wimbledon has a dress code. That was a failed week of fashion for me. I loved what she wore for the polo match, but. The pleated skirt didn't really make sense. Like, wear a sundress. It's very, I don't know. It was July. I know. I, I would have thought through that Wimbledon outfit mm-hmm. so intensely if I were her. Again, she has bigger fish to fry. She's right. a new mother. <laughs> um, but also, right after we talked, hey, Doug, um, right after we talked, I watched a documentary about Megan on, uh, I don't know, it was like on ITV maybe. And that her makeup artist came on and officially gave a statement that she does not have a stylist, which I remember going into talking to you being like, we don't really know that. Yeah, we didn't know, but he came out. It was that tearful. It was that tearful moment. And I, I watched that. It was very painful to watch if I'm being honest. She seems to not have a stylist, which I feel like is clear at this point, just because of the tailoring issues that we've seen. I do think she has some taste. Like I really do like some of the outfits she puts together. Some of them I feel like could be better. I mean, but I mean, we can't, we can't all have winners. They're not all winners. I don't always look good. <laughs> like None of us do. No, I literally watched that documentary. I was like, seems on direct order from the palace. It really did. It was very <laughs> emotional and in a way that made me incredibly uncomfortable because I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like no. emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love, unless it's an actual movie where people are acting. You don't like the, yeah. I don't like needless display of emotions. Like that didn't seem appropriate for him to be like, she, she's so targeted. She has, she's her own stylist. Like it's you, you guys need to leave her alone. Like, yeah. Do you, okay. So here's the thing. I, I don't know if I'm reading the wrong stuff and I don't know if maybe in the UK it's worse. I don't feel like her press is that bad. I feel like it is. I feel like they're targeting her for something. If you look, I mean, maybe it's because I look at the Daily Mail every day, which is my fault. I should just stop looking at it. But it's so funny. It's entertaining. Um, but they're, they keep quoting this one, like, 
uh, royal historian who clearly hates Megan. Oh, the woman? Yes. She hates she her. She hates her so much. And like, is always commenting like, Diana would never have approved of this. And it's like, bitch, be quiet. <laughs> like, who cares? We need to drop the Diana would <laughs> X, Y, Z. Like, like it was it lit. It was so long ago. Yes. We don't know what she would have done. And also I think like there, there's so much going on with her that like nobody will ever talk about even because, you know, you don't want to speak poorly of somebody who's passed. But like, I think Diana had a little, plenty of her own stuff going on. That- right. And I feel like, uh, any mother would be happy for their son to be happy and find love. And I don't know. I just, it, it seems incessant and ridiculous for them to keep quoting the same woman for no reason. It's, they're just asking for commentary on stuff that they perceive Megan to have done. Right. And why do we care what she has to say? She's obviously like, she's obviously very biased. Well, exactly. So the, so, okay. We had the, um we had the polo outing. We had both Wimbledon's. The Kate Wimbledon, I thought, was such great PR for them. Um, the with second cute, Wimbledon, like pale blue dress, yes, that day, that mm. was a good one. The the one with her friends before was it the weekend of the christening? Yes, it was because we don't like know the godparents and people are up in arms about oh, that. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. how, well, how does that and affect that your the, life? That was the one with a guy who they thought was taking a selfie with her, but he was actually taking a selfie. That is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. That was so funny. But also, is he a moron? But see, I don't feel like Megan was like, go take care of him. The security team's job is to do that. And so they probably saw him as a threat coming up, not necessarily a threat, but like they saw him coming over into a space he wasn't supposed to be in. I'm sure she wasn't like, security, go over there and talk to this guy. Like that would make her look far worse. I'm sure the you security never team see them just... talking to security. Right. So for people to be like Megan asked, like that's what all the articles said. True. Was Megan asked this guy not to take photos of her. Like that's not what happened. And that people were mad because she was in such a public location. They were like, this is people are going to take, people are going to take photos. Which is, is what it true. is. But like when you invade the space that you're not supposed to, like if there is this Royal section, they were in a public space, but no one else was seated in the section. There was very clearly, or were clearly two security guards on either side. Like, I feel like that's pretty clear that maybe you shouldn't walk over there. I'm not like, how'd that guy get there? I know. It's like a... It, it, yeah, the whole thing move. was very funny, and that was really not great press for her. And then Pierce you know, Morgan, as we all know, who's you know still very... Uh, his male ego is hurt her. from the... the uh, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the rejection... But um, the thing that I was trying to remember that just came to me of what is the perhaps most talked about thing since she had her kid is, is the British Vogue September oh, yes. issue. Mm-hmm. And that th- th- I was shocked at how, how that is when I officially said, okay, she cannot win because she took, she did not, she chose not to do the cover and she chose to choose other people um, I forget the word she used who were like, you know, crusaders or forces of change. forces of change. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, the mirror stick was cute. Um, I, I, like I, I heard it didn't land I, in I person. Get it. I get it. But, it, but th- that's an element of it cheese. Looks silly. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the putting the things on the bananas. <laughs> it's like we, we, you know, it's just, there's sometimes it just teeters. Yeah. There's a tipping point of cheese yeah. I can handle. She but, was doing something honorable, but then the commentary, it said something about, it would seem boastful to put myself on the cover. Why would you use that quote? Okay. Do we know that she said that? That's what they quoted her as saying. So 
um, uh, the person we talk about all Kate the time, was Elizabeth on, Holmes, was, was like, this person, um, like, whoever decided to share that quote on behalf of British Vogue is so stupid, stupid. for using that word. Right. And um, I can see how in, if I were, like, interviewing in real time, I'd be, like, searching for, I'd be, like, thesaurus.com in my head. And, like, I can see boastful coming out. But that's just not the right word. Right. Especially because then it's going to be used to pit her and Kate against each other. Right. Because Kate did the whole cover. In for a Stetson the, hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not love Kate's Vogue spread though. Did you? I, I can't say I read it. I didn't read it, but I, the, it was very like Ralph Lauren, all American Stetson cowboy Western, which just is not the British rose vibe, I need. But her vibe is that like her style, she wears like the green jeans and the, the knee high boots, like riding boots. Mm -hmm. She definitely has that style, even though she's not. <laughs> well, I know she's not like your number one, but were you not so charmed when she, with, um, when Charlotte stuck her tongue out. Yeah, that was really funny. That was her, cute. Her reaction was just total mom. I mean, it's, that was it's so cute. It's really cute. I loved that she was like silly. I feel like these royal kids can't be kids. I, well, you can't, you can't conform them. They're yeah. still figuring it out and they're like, this is weird. So I'm just going to stick my tongue out and do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I, um, I was like, so why am I here? Yeah, That's probably right. what they're thinking. I was so charmed by that. I was so charmed by her on the boat with the hat, with the tennis ponytail flowing. Yeah. I loved like, she's just so sporty and she, we spoke of body types earlier. She's a true pencil. She is a banana. She's, she's like, <laughs> Right. Like there's, <laughs> there's nothing sticking out anywhere. Very athletic build. So narrow. And she must be super athletic. Yeah. Um, but I, I've really, I, I feel like in the past two, three months, her press has been outstanding. Yes. And, um, you know, obviously there was a lot of, it was, well, they had the garden show. She's been oh doing God, the garden show. Stuff. Yeah. The garden show, that was four or five days of strong footage, charming footage, her interacting with yeah. youths. And it wasn't just the garden show, but there were like four or five different engagements that week. And I don't know why that was such a big week. but And she just looks very like happy and the, the family unit's intact and the whole thing is um, tug. Yeah, I've sort of, until just now, I've sort of forgotten about the cheating scandal rumors. Right? Good press. I know. And like, I don't want to say everything's press, but also, did you see today that um, Entertainment Tonight accidentally posted a VMA article about Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello? No. About them um, flirting backstage before their VMA before their VMA performance. The VMAs are on Sunday. It was pre-written. Like, literally, uh, everything's a sham. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand. I, can you explain okay, that to so me? It's a, it, I have always thought this is a PR relationship. They have a song called Senorita. Yeah. But they, a, they dated a long time ago and they did that song together at the very beginning. What? Yes. No, you're fine. Okay, sorry. You were saying they had a song They had together? a song together and it was like right when I'd first heard about her, I think he'd come out with a song already. But they did a song together. Are you thinking of Ain't No Crying in the Club? No. I'm going to look it up. You have you to look it up. You keep talking and I'll look it up because I've got well, it. I can guarantee it, on, it. I was so happy to see that today because it was everything I needed. Watching videos of them making out is like watching two, you know, 14-year-olds, seven minutes in heaven, heavening at like a party. I know what you did last summer. That was them too? Camila Cabello. Cabello. Oh my yes, God. Yes. And I so love that right. song so much. That was in 2015. They did it forever ago. And then they broke up 
And y'all, I'm, I do but not they weren't, follow this stuff. No, they were never <laughs> dating. No, they did. No, 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 no. I swear they did. It, it's promo for the single is my point now. But you think they, when that song was happening, I swear they were dating. Really? Yes. Okay. I, I could have been convinced if not for Haley Baldwin and him at the Met Gala two months before she got married to Justin Bieber, who she was with at the time, they like show up together, pretend to be dating. They're not dating. They're so awkward together. And it's a sham. She marries Biebs. Yeah. But I think he's like very boyishly cute. And um, I like his music, but I feel like he's always being attempted to be set up with like some, you know, pop starlet. And maybe a downfall of whoever his manager is. It might be. Maybe don't do that next time. Well, and also I have on good authority. I, I was saying in the Facebook group this week, uh, I have a friend who is friends with a, a particular starlet that was very famous from like 2008 to 2012. Okay. I'm going to have to ask about that later. Yeah. But. Um, and I, she said that in, in like, this is, I, I know this is legit. Um, like in that time, Harry Styles, people were like looking for a girlfriend for him. And like, she was called. Well, right. I and just I, raised my hand. Y'all couldn't see that. But I, I was, was like, like, sign me up. He uh, apparently we, turned we on had Prince an eye, eye contact connection at a concert. When? And you went to a One Direction concert? Yes, it was for the Jingle Ball in Dallas like three years ago. And I was pretty close to the front. I was like in the fourth row or something. And I was doing this like weird thing with my shoulders. And he was looking at directly at me and started doing exactly what I was doing. And I was like, oh my God, he's fucking looking at me. <laughs> like that is exciting. And I was like, how do I get his number? How do I find him backstage? What are we doing after this? Like, I was, was he of handsome course. in person? I, had already, I, oh, I, I didn't, I only saw him on stage, but of course I had this whole like theory in my head of how the rest of my life was going to work out after he saw me dancing and he danced back. Like you thought maybe <laughs> like he'd tell a guard to come tap you. Yes. I was hoping for that. I mean, he's, far too young for me let's be honest but how old i actually don't know how old he is i don't know but we know how old i am do we 32 <laughs> oh i'm i'll be 32 and next month i love that same age um probably why we know the same things because i even though i didn't know how i know what you did last summer i still you know that song though i know that song no. but i never liked it because i was like I it, it felt like pandering to the jennifer love hewitt horror film yeah. I know what you did last summer, but I just, it was sort of this, not the same vibe as Senorita, but I, I love the, uh, the guy and girl harmonies. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a music nerd over here, like the but call I, out response. Call yes. Out response. I love yeah. stuff like that. So I really, really dug it. So do you love, um, what there's a song, another song out right now. That's like that. That's really good that I'm totally forgetting. Crap. I forget. <laughs> if we come back to it. Oh no. I'm on my second glass of wine. I'm already losing it. Um, but no, the point being is when that happened today in entertainment tonight, rewriting an article for an event that's going to happen Sunday about how they so were they noodling back published something, but it hadn't it actually written. Ha it hadn't happened yet. Quote unquote. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, all of it is, I mean, reality TV is all scripted. Like that can't surprise you. No, so it's much. not. But like not some of it, all is. Of it. Some, some of, it, of is. it is, but let me find the exact thing. Um, but they'll be like, they'll record something and they'll be like, Oh, can you do that again? And then they'll redo a fight. Like that's how reality TV works. Like if they didn't get the shot, right. They'll ask you to recreate it. That like, is that's true. Bullshit. That <laughs> that's is true. not realistic. 
It said Entertainment Weekly accidentally released an article before schedule. The article states Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello got flirty during the VMA's performance, despite the ceremony taking place this coming Monday. So the article says uh, it will in the headline. It says prep in all caps, like, you know, it's not Don't post. It's a draft. Yeah. Um, Camila Cabello and Sean Mendez get flirty during spicy senorita performance at VMA's. Here's the thing. You could argue, you know, it's pretty predictable. They'll get flirty and spicy. You know what I mean? It's like they're preloading content, but at the same time, one of my uh, platforms by which my uh, very small Instagram was built is that I used to grab photos, metadata, and in the metadata of the photo, there would be embedded captions, keywords, and like, et cetera, that the photography brokerage would, would include. Would include. And so then everybody would paraphrase the headline. And that was kind of how I knew this was specifically sold. Um, cause a lot of photos would have nothing and specific ones from like splash and whatever. Um, uh, now, unfortunately they stopped, they started taking that out of photos. There was like this workaround where you could save it on your phone directly and you, you ret- retain all of it. Yeah. But now they wipe them. Um, but I used to love that because I love to see what people were what trying the to pitch were. And it yeah. would be like, make sure you say she has a new app. Like it was awesome. So that to me, because one of my big things about talking about people is um, that paparazzi isn't always invasive. It's very much by design. It helps you be and stay in the mouth of the yeah. public and whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are like, it's so invasive. Like, oh my God, like don't post photos of Taylor Swift and Joe all went out to dinner. And I'm like, it's like they do that on they purpose. They do that on purpose. Yeah. And when Sean and Camilla were like parading around town, I was like, I know this is and they not did two, real. They did two appearances in one day and she stayed in the same outfit and he changed, which is <laughs> yeah. like, wait, so who's the girl in this situation? Why did you have an outfit change? Okay. I don't know if this is something you could speak to, but this is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. That is bitchy. <laughs> okay. I'm scared. I, 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 I don't understand her style. I don't, I don't follow really what she's doing. I so only I followed know. her in the reputation world tour and in the Sean Mendez photos. And I am like, what's happening? Well, wasn't she wearing like a, like fringed cropped vest over like a boho blouse and wide leg pants or something strange. I love how you're like, I have I literally no it. idea. <laughs> I saw, oh, I saw them, but literally that's maybe the only outfit I've ever seen her in. And she wore it in both photos, which is why I said that. And they did that because it looked like she stayed overnight, but it was actually in the same day, I think. Yeah. But like he wore, why did he wear two of her now? Like you'd think if they were dating seriously, she'd have backup clothes at his house. I know. Honestly, it's like the more I try to argue for any sort of conspiracy, the more I realize these people would be smarter than this. You know, like, I mean, they're PR people to have not done a great job. It sounds like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I listened to some of the leaked songs from Taylor Swift's album that per- comes out at midnight today. <laughs> oh yeah. But I might've heard them in passing. I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. That is, that this is part of my stress. It, I feel like I've, <laughs> I'm blessed to have um, so many messages that are like, what are we doing tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. I have to go to Grand Rapids. I like, still haven't listened to Lover. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Don't hate me. Oh, I don't hate you at all. I okay. whatever. Everybody Was it good? Own. It's really good. It's okay. actually the best one. She's, I didn't like Archer. Archer is like um, I know. I know specific. there are a lot of meaningful, but the music itself I didn't like. The lyrics, like I yeah. understand that there are meaningful moments in there, but the music itself, I was sort of like waiting for a climax, and it didn't come. 
just sounds terrible. No, now that I'm but saying. it's funny you say that objectively because then they, Jack Antonoff, who produced it, came out saying it was by design to supposed to give you the feeling of anxiety blue the balls? lyrics are t- trying to convey it's blue balling me it, it, that is the best way to describe <laughs> that song that i have not heard yet there you go you're welcome hey greg can you let tug in no sorry that was a, a pop culture tangent but i i was just you know so convinced that um thanks greg um it was always such obvious pr with her and him but now what I gather from the album is she has like a song that's straight up called like London boy. And it's like, I love to go to tea and the high street. And, and that's a Taylor song. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's like, I love to hear about, I love to watch rugby with your friends at the pub and hear okay. about uni. No one can, no one cares about <laughs> Joe Alwyn. I agree. Nobody cares. He seems so boring. And he's so rude in <laughs> interviews. I, Truly, I was I've never been more convinced in my life that something was just like a a PR thing to keep us off, like get us off our jock. Yeah. Like again, that maybe some people care about Joe. That that was mean. But most people don't. Most people care what she's up to. So that's who they're following. Well, right. And it's just it's actually a it's a great marketing and it's a business strategy. It's smart, and I and we we know and I've said this before and I, I read this. I read something you said about like anyone in her position who is trying to garner attention or show show off something new like her album is going to do what they can to market that and she has figured out a way to do that and she's doing it i mean there's no other way to say it right and i think that um part of the reason i'm always trying to explain that is i worked in market research for so long and i would sit down with clients and we would just sit there trying to figure out the most flattering denominator of data to make something sound a certain way, whether it was, you know what I mean? Like if you listen to um, uh, like cell phone carrier commercials, for example, they'll be like Verizon's the number one um, carrier in, in America, America. Yeah. But when you actually look at the subtext, it's like does not include X, Y, like all of these other brands that you may have been considering. Right. It's like by America, we mean our definition of the mid Atlantic and like it's, it's, they figure out ways to make themselves sound great. It's loopholes and loopholes. And yeah. And, um, that's always what I'm saying that gets Taylor Swift fans so mad. And that's why I get like a lot of trolls is, um, because people are like, you're calling her a liar. And I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm calling her a good marketer. Yeah, I'm actually a good businesswoman. She knows what she's doing. Right. And I'm like, what you guys actually don't realize that you're doing is projecting onto her what we should not be doing to women (laughs) is because they're doing a bold business move, calling them bitchy or a liar or too aggressive. Too bold. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually really smart. And it's just funny to me. And I've had to back off because it got to a point where I was like. You can't, it's, it's hard to defend something that's not your own also. <laughs> and it's people like, aren't going to side with me. Yeah. Who am I? Like they're going to always side with her. Yeah. It's, there's no point in arguing. Um, but Back I think, to the royal. sorry, <laughs> no. you know, honestly, I just, it was, it's kind of fun. Cause when I, we first recorded, I didn't know you as well. And it was like, it, it was such a good topic and it's something we know a lot about, but now I feel like we can just like shoot the shit and yeah. see what happens. But also, um, the, I had something else to say about Megan's, uh, British Vogue besides the boastful quote as a fan of hers I feel frustrated by the lack of footage and I feel like she's trying to keep herself out of the spotlight to appear a certain I, way I think it was because she was so pregnant you think all while she was doing it the photos that they released like while they were talking about British Vogue 
She looked like she was about to pop in that Gucci dress. It was three sizes too small. She, was I it? love that dress. It was like $4,000. I wonder if I made a sale off of that. I need to go was back Was it like look. macrame vibes? It was tweed. It was, tw- oh, And it had this oh, beautiful oh. flower. And she was like on the racks. Yes. She looked super cute. There was one of her like squatting on the floor. And it's like, no one needs to see you doing that also. <laughs> like, the photo selection was different. It was interesting. Um, but I feel like they've been very careful about how they do it. Like even mm-hmm. more recently with the smart works thing, she just shared this weekend or this, this week. <laughs> oh, can you explain that to me? Okay. So she's okay. So basically she's doing a collaboration with like four designers and brands, Misha Nunu, uh, jigsaw. I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting. And then Marks and Spencer is the one who's going to be selling it, but she's doing a, a collection that she's, co-designing i don't think she's totally in charge of it um with these brands and it's for charity so every time uh one of these products is sold an outfit or that piece will go to somebody in the Sparkworks charity which is a really great i'm sorry yes i believe so sort of like tom's um which is a really great idea one because obviously the markle effect people buy whatever she wears so you think that people will buy whatever she designs i mean you think now that that could be a huge selling opportunity and for it to be have a charitable kind of kickback is great um and i think the potential for that to sell out is very high they said later this fall i can't remember if there was a specific date um but it is going to be, I think, exclusively in Marks and Spencer. And she did this week. She did a little preview for either. I, I should I should have looked at this, but I wasn't able to actually listen. But it looked like they were either um, she was there to meet the models that were coming in to try the collection. Or it was maybe people that worked at SmartWorks. I, this is terrible. Don't get mad at me for the fact that I don't know who it was that she was meeting. But. She met all these people that seemed to be very surprised that she was there. Um, they they shot some video content and photos of uh, these women wearing the pieces. We only got a couple of looks at what was in the collection, but everyone's these videos were really cute, and Megan seemed really excited and happy, and maybe happier than she's looked in a while. <laughs> so, oh, we didn't talk about the trooping the color. That is what has happened since. Remember. When no. Harry like snapped at her on the balcony. <gasps> How did we not cover that? <laughs> that was the most relatable thing I've ever seen. happen. I know. And God, you know that she was so hormonal. That was like weeks after Archie was born. If a guy was like, turn around, I would probably start crying too. I mean, it's such a dramatic setting on the balcony where the entire world can see you. And your husband tells you to turn around. It's like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> She looked like she was about to burst into tears if she wasn't crying. Well, and like hormones aside, I just think we've all been there of like being told what to do. And you're like, I'm a grown woman. Yeah. Like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I like really sat down and thought about that for a while. I rewatched the footage. It so was much. so unusual. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't even, and in, was it, were we talking about how, you you feel like she has such amazing control of her face because she's, she's an actress. Yes. And um, I was watching or listening. Oh yeah. I was listening to the Lainey gossip podcast and they were like her um, micro movements of her face, the, the loving 
uh, adoring look during the wedding and like all those things. Like she is just a master yeah. of, of making her face barely move, but conveying emotion. And I was so shocked by that because she usually does have such control, but that just shows how frustrated she was at that yeah. moment, which is I, every new parent I know is just like, you know, those that first was, few months you could, you don't even want to look at your spouse. You're just like tired. You but don't, that wanna... was also her very first appearance since the birth. Was it? Yes. And so it could have been that she was just not ready to be in the public eye. Like she had more control in the last situation showing off Archie. Cause it was literally three minutes, but then she did the carriage ride. She had to stand up on the balcony Harry was talking to somebody behind her. And so she was turning around to talk and he was like, you can't do that. that. So she wasn't in control of the situation. And honestly, I can relate to that. I can relate to being frustrated and nervous. Like that was her first big public appearance post baby. Totally. And I think too about, you know, she's 37 years old. Like she's media trained. She's lived her life. She's done a lot of things on a major stage and she knows what she's doing. And she's, perhaps better equipped than anybody up there. And when she stepped into this role, I kind of wonder if, if every second of every day is like, you can't do that. You can't say that you can't defend that. You can't go there. And you're just like, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. And I felt the frustration in her face of just like, she, she, I just want to be back. I, I, I just was, she just in that moment was like, I don't want to be here. I yeah. want to be home with my son. I want to be living a normal life. Um, you're lucky that I took on this role for you because I love you and don't cross me. That's like what I got from her face. You, you know, they had a conversation when they got back inside. Oh <laughs> Maybe yeah. Not around the you other Royals, but somebody talked to her, yeah. you know, whether it be the queen's people or whatever, but that was like such a moment that I totally forgot about too. Um, but it was almost the same version of Kate's moment with Charlotte, but the inverse of emotion. That was so funny. I still, I love that. Well, it's just so relatable. Like what parent hasn't, well, I mean, I'm not one, but what parent hasn't dealt with like a screaming toddler or a kid that sticks their tongue out to people like, no, don't do that. Right. Like, are you, It's so relatable. And what I don't know is the level of help with these kids. Like, I was so charmed when Tr Prince William had to go to a church service with his grandma, the queen, after Louis was born. He was asleep. He, he was, he, it was so cute. He was yawning the entire time. It was almost comical how asleep William was, but his son was born the day before. Yeah. So I was going, oh, that's sweet. Like he probably actually stayed up all night. Or just like nerves made him exhausted either yeah. way. Yeah. But then, you know, of course, as women, I, I'm always going to decide or try to be sympathetic with the new mother. And thinking about being in Megan's position on the world stage, uh, kind of against your will. I'm like, God, that would be awful. But you know, then not, I'm going to get everyone's going to against gonna, her will though. Not against her will, but like, I don't, I don't think most people are dying to like slip into a, you know, a Givenchy shift dress or whatever she wore like three weeks, after three weeks postpartum. Yeah. And I also Maybe think that five, the but. pressure of the eyeballs and the spectacle of it is a lot, probably a long day and you're nursing and there's just a lot that goes into it. But I know for every sympathetic comment I say toward her, somebody's going to be like, there are, you know, five nannies and da da da. And I'm like, I, but I don't know that. We'll I, never it's know hard that. to say. And I feel like, William probably said this at one point too, but Harry has been very vocal about how he said many sleepless nights. He said that a number of times. Has he since? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've not like, heard him say he, that. Like 
Archie kept us up really late. Like maybe not in that specific set of terms, but at engagement since Archie's birth, they'll ask him about it and be he'll basically in any other words say it was a late night last night. Interesting. That's funny because I know I I guess I too. We, since they were a newer couple, I'm still like not exhausted of my interest in their cute romantic moments. And I want more like of them. Like the baseball day. Like the baseball that day. Was so, they looked so happy there. They really did. And genuinely happy. Like oh it gosh. seemed very casual. It seemed very them. Like the issue. Megan got to meet one of her ancestor people. <laughs> Long I lost. think she was comfortable because it was American baseball. Yeah. I think she was like, these are my people. And honestly, it was more celebrity than Royal that day. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like uh, she, could, there. she could wear flats. Like it was okay. She looked like tiny. She looked, I, in my head, she's taller, but she's like she, five, she's, two. No, she's not. She's five, six. Okay. So Michelle Collins, whose radio show I go on when I'm in New York, she was at that um, baseball game and she was like obsessed with how short Megan was in, in flats. I don't think she, I'm pretty sure she's five, six. I think I read really? that. Really? Is yeah. Harry like six, four? I don't think he, he might be like six, two. We should do that. We should. <laughs> um, I'm you're, pretty sure she's. Cool, because that's what I thought. Taller. But she really did look tiny all of a sudden. I want to say her teeny tiny legs make her look yeah, she does very, look very small. small legs. She's a teeny tiny one. That was a very cute outing too that they did that I totally forgot about. I just I feel torn because I I so so get that when it's like there's a lot of perks to having a lot of eyes on you. But when you go home at the end of the day, you don't care about any of that. You just want to like protect your family and be with your spouse, kid, whatever. And I, I think that's a human experience. And people are so hard on her about wanting all the perks, but none of the downfalls. And um, which kind of leads us to this past week, too, where they were at that, you know, uh, well, two weeks ago, they were at that Google conference that I don't understand that I want an insider so badly where they just invite like a bunch of celebrities and they talk about world issues. But also burn through millions and millions of dollars. It's just like party hilarious. Yeah. And everyone takes private jets and they like talk about climate change. Hypocrisy is not lost on me, nor is it lost on anybody. But um, something about this recent press, I think is really pissing off Harry and Meghan because they have people coming out of the woodwork to their defense almost deliberately. But do you think it's them asking Elton John? Uh Uh-huh. You do? Yeah. Because people like Elton John, like, they have a few levels of money. They don't have to comment and it passes. Yeah, but he, like, like you said, so has anyone ever talked about Elton John's Instagram? Like what's he gramming about? No, but <laughs> he did mention how he was friend, like very close friends with the Princess Diana he and maybe Candle feels, in the Wind. Okay. Maybe that was him on his own. I don't know. Who's to say? I mean, I agree that I'd, it is. I'd, I don't know. I feel like that would be so awkward to be like will you please come to our defense publicly and post something on instagram i think she asked serena williams to do that in people magazine they are like besties though yeah elton john is not megan's bestie and i don't think prince harry would ask that he hates the press i don't don't, know i just don't i don't see that like i can see her asking her friends like jamila jamil and yeah like you if you call her that because 
basically she didn't know that Megan was calling her that one time. Literally have thought of that every single time I get him. Uh, I don't think they're friends. I think they have talked on the phone. They're totally so. not friends. And every time I get like a uh, unknown caller or like a weird number, it could I'm, be so, Megan I'm so tempted to or pick Taylor up because she calls from a block number and then Taylor Swift is having all these secret sessions and like they call from a block number and I'm you just got to answer them. Yeah. I, I hope mean, it's not a scammer. <laughs> I just, every day I check my junk mail, hoping for my big break. <laughs> um, never happens. But I think that, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I think the problem is if Harry hadn't given this epic talk on climate change, it wouldn't have two had weeks the ago and then gone on two back to back trips in a private jet, one to Ibiza and one to Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, if I were them and I had the means and, or was offered a jet, would I take it up to freaking lootly? My privacy is invaded. My son's safety is my priority. And it's also private flight. It's also, yeah, <laughs> of course. Who wouldn't take Who that? passes that down? What's the reason I think that they would tell their friends to speak up is when it's not public funds. So that argument can't be used because who cares what they do in their own private but time. That's, but that's not even what people were mad at. Like in the daily people are mail. mad at the fuel. Yes. Yes. Like that's what the daily mails take has been this entire time. It wasn't like they used the money. It's been all what you were saying related back to like, Oh, there's such big climate change forces of change. Right. And then look at what they're doing. Well, I know, but it's, it's kind of this tough thing where people equivalize things um, in, in ways that aren't necessarily equal. Like it, it's, it's kind of like saying if, um, you don't give to one cause specifically, therefore you aren't charitable and discounting all the other things you do. Like there has to be balance achieved. Right. And these look like two very directly contradicting things, which is true, but maybe there are other ways that you can serve your carbon footprint to offset that because it's a necessity for privacy, security, whatever. And then Elton John, the re the, what, what I thought tipped off me off that there was something going on. is his outright admission of like, just so you know, I donate, to offset the carbon footprint to whatever fund that like, uh, you know, matches the fuel you use um, for a private flight. I was kind of like, I don't know. It was, it was so much justification. It was excessive. I think he could have left it as like a gift, but he was like, they did not use, they did not have a footprint and it was free. I just don't, I guess I don't understand why they feel the need to even not care. That's not the right word, but. Why not just let it pass? Right. I agree. Versus address it. I like agree. Any gossip, like they get gossip stuff all the time on these websites and they don't say anything about it. And then they, what they, what they choose to address is really interesting. Right. Like your sister writes a tell all about you called princess pushy. Oh my God. I forgot about her. It, she hasn't said much it, recently. It, I, I think it's, uh, probably coming out. Wait, I thought, year. wasn't she supposed to launch that the week of their wedding or the week of, I thought Princess Pushy was supposed to come out the week of the wedding and she was going to come out with a second book the week of Archie's birth, but I haven't heard anything about it. I never heard that. That's so bad. I definitely read about that. Um, well, it's like, yeah, there's Maybe just a lot of finally question marks paid up some hush money for her. That's what I'm actually, you're right. She's really been gone. Honestly, I'd take the I hush haven't, money. I haven't her. heard from him either. No. The dad, Thomas. Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not think about this till right now. They are gone. They're, they haven't they're, they said anything. anything. At least since Archie's birth. 
There was one article that was like they had a truce or something after the baby was born. No, no, they're not not going to meet him. They Someone, don't have a relationship. Somebody, somebody got paid. Somebody got paid. <laughs> you know what I definitely think happened, though, is a true rumor is her and Priyanka Chopra not being uh, friendly anymore. Really? Why? I think they're done, though. Um, something's off. But also, like, how? When did they hang out last? Her baby shower? Her Probably her, wed- her wedding. I don't even think she went to her baby shower. That was part of the... Pro- she not? And then Priyanka oh. had like 15 weddings. And um, Megan couldn't go. I mean, that Megan obviously that. couldn't go. Yeah. But then Priyanka was asked about her on like all sorts of things as are on what, what, Watch What Happens Live and all this stuff. And I just feel like she's answering questions about her in a way that Carly Kloss now answers questions about, about Taylor, Taylor, which is just deflecting. so obvious that they're not friends. Right. There's a way you... you Why did... A okay. canned way you speak about I don't want to open up a can of worms. Yeah. But why are Taylor and what's her face? Not friends anymore. Early. Um, nobody knows. There is a uh, sector of the internet that is Taylor, very about convinced that. about the them having relationship. a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because people are like, oh, there's so many songs on uh, Lover About Joe as if it disproves it. But I'm like, no, A, being it bisexual be is a thing. Girl. B, yeah. people have phases. I just don't know why people think they're mutually exclusive. I just don't think that she's had a falling out with a friend that she was so close to, to the point where the 1989 world tour documentary has a Carly cam, like the official Apple music thing that still plays. Like it's like behind the scenes, Carly cam. And it like says it. And they're just like, we're best friends. And then they did the Vogue cover and all these videos. And they were just such public best friends. There's no reason for them to stop being public and best friends and kiss gate unless they either. I saw that video. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's incriminating. You can't, a lot you of people think there's nothing that. there. I, I agree. And it that is, it, they were seen in public together constantly until that date, which is right before 21st, 25th birthday. After that, the following year, they had three public appearances as opposed to like 15 to 20 the year prior. There was never a problem to be seen. And then all of a sudden they had to dispel it. And then I think it all went downhill. But I just, what the confusing part is, she was allegedly with Josh Kushner that entire time, time, but who the hell knows what's going on with that. It's uh, it's truly one of America's great mysteries, and I we may never <laughs> we may never know, but yeah, I thought reputation was so um, obviously about her, but a lot of people would disagree. It's just one of those things where I don't Your care. Your theories fascinate. You just gotta ha- you just gotta keep an open mind. Yeah, it bothers me when people are like, "There's no way in hell she could ever be with a woman." I'm like, "Well, you're the problem because you do, you know, art is 100 percent open to interpretation, and we should live in a world where anybody can be with anybody." But also, I just am like. I don't need her to be in this like romantic arc. Like I don't need her to be a living version of her song. Love I don't story. need her to date a specific person either. Right. It's not about the person she's dating. It's about what she's doing. Exactly. Like that's what people are fascinated by. So why does it matter who she's with? And there's a lot of like young stands that are very, um, you know, hard eyes about Joe or somebody having a boyfriend or whatever. And I remember people being like that with, Ugh, I'm so jaded at this point. I'm- I know. I agree. Um, I, the yeah you'll have to hear london boy it's like then i heard the accent and it's like (laughs) wait you recently went to london i love london Wait, can you tell people about the um royal uh itinerary (laughs) yes okay so so cool i mentioned that i have two blogs so i have the style scribe and sussex style watch but i also have a third website it's not a blog but i travel a lot and last year i did a lot of international travel And so I started a website called a detailed destination where I basically curate these massive itineraries, like multiple days. Some are like 12 days long, um, hour to hour itineraries of these international destinations. 
and it's things that I've done myself. So it's obviously tried and true recommendations. Um, but I haven't done a ton of international travel this summer that warrants on a detailed destination itinerary. But while I was on a plane back from somewhere, it could have been Carmel or San Miguel, but I thought of doing sort of a fun Royal edition of it. So I already have a London itinerary, but I'm doing the one that I just created is called the Royal edition. And so it features my favorite Royal sites in London, um, a big list of Megan, Kate, Pippa's, uh, William and Harry's favorite restaurants in London and bars. It features packing lists for if you're a Megan or if you're a Kate, it's, it's really fun. Um, and I hope you guys <laughs> will like it as much as I do. It's cute, but it does not include the Lindo wing. No, it does not include <laughs> where birthing happens, but how it do, has everything else. How do you know where they go to, like, where they like to go? I did a lot of research, that, a lot of that Googling. That exists? That information exists? Yes, but I mean, to a degree, a, a, most of the websites have the same stuff. Like, Megan has only been seen at a handful of restaurants, mm. but like, Eugenie and Beatrice, they're free to go out anywhere. Like, mm -hmm. they were spotted in Notting Hill, like, two months ago, and they went to the electric ballroom for, like, after party. I don't know. So I kind of got all this info and basically just put it all together and made it the Royal edition of London. Oh, and I also did uh, Windsor Hampton court palace, which is one of my favorite Royal sites outside of London. It's beautiful. Henry the place that he made for, um, Oh, what was his name? Cart Wolsey. No, that can't be right. One of, one of like the Cardinals or something. Um, and then Windsor castle, obviously, and Soho Farmhouse, which I'm dying. <gasps> girls trip. <laughs> we need to go. All I want in this life is to go on a trip to Soho Farmhouse. I would love. We could do it. I want, and I need to get into Soho Malibu. But you can't with a regular I need Soho to get house. Into Soho in general. You could get into Soho in general because you're a creative near one. You uh, live here. You could get yeah. into Soho House. I could, but it's um, honestly, I would want to go in New York and L.A. I could go in the London ones in New York, is great too. but I've yeah, I don't ever go. I've, I've been to the London one and y'all, I missed this opportunity by like a year when Megan met Harry. It was this, it was like the summer after I was in London for six months. I could have met Harry y'all. He wouldn't have batted an eye at me, but mm. he might, all have. things, all things are possible. <laughs> You'd actually be like a great, he does like blondes or he did you'd at, <laughs> at one point and you'd be good because like you're um like polished and polite and oh god no you didn't see me in high school really <laughs> yeah my mom would say something very different <laughs> i feel like people would like to know that side of you um just picture being a punk ass wearing converse and like ripped jeans and thinking i was cool do you ever post photos of you in high school fuck no <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. And I didn't mention this last time. I dyed my hair in high school when I was at boarding school. I went to this place called Idlewild Arts Academy in California for a semester. I used to in sing. high school? Yeah. And um, while I was there, of course, I'd never been allowed to dye my hair. And so, of course, I was I like went buck wild and I got box color. Like I bought a box. Oh, yeah. At whatever drugstore it was. Guess what the color was? I have no idea. Mahogany plum. Ooh. And it was patchy. I didn't even do it right. My mom is that a brown second, purple hybrid? It was bad. It was <laughs> it was basically the color of wine. <laughs> and y'all, I have very blonde hair. It's 
it was not a look. It was not a good look. And my mom, the second we got back to Austin, took me straight to her hairdresser and was like, fix this. <laughs> you know, good for your mom, because a lot of people might be like, live your truth. But I, no, I would not. Absolutely no. not that. I, which is why I never got a tattoo. And I'm very grateful for that. I say Today this, I see her reasoning and I, oh my God, I trust it. <laughs> Literally every nostalgic thing I do on this podcast, I like trace back to something my parents made me do that I was disgruntled about at the time. And then I'm always like, thank you, Jesus, because I agree. I y'all, I wanted to get a music note tattooed on my foot. Which one? Like one <laughs> with like the two thingies? Or I don't like know a which one, but that's how big of a nerd I was, first of all. And also... What if I did have that? No one would be following my fashion advice. <laughs> we all make mistakes, you guys. Just don't don't make a mistake that's permanent. Don't make a tattoo mistake that you will regret in five years. Although now they have removals, so it's not as bad. But well, and um, I'm really struggling. My um. <laughs> Teach me how to tug you. Dog is giving us trouble. On one. <laughs> Usually during the day he sleeps. Um, but when I record at night, he has a meltdown. It takes me all night. <laughs> Hi, honey. Can you relax? Um, I will given I've been doing this Mormon mommy blogger deep dive and they're uh, very opposed to tattoos. I was spending a lot of time trying to research the correlation because um, the highest concentration of plastic surgeons is in Salt Lake City in the United States, like more than L.A. But plastic surgery is about beautifying, beautifying yourself. See, uh, well, that's what I that's what I wanted. Like, I'm not Mormon, I by wanted, the way, but like, I agree. I don't I mean, not all tattoos are bad, but generally I'm I'm not a fan. But how is like general anesthesia and silicone in your boobs any less invasive than caffeine? It's not. So that's like what I was trying to, and I don't, it's less about like my judgment and more like I wanted to know if there was an official stance what on it. What the rule was. And um, I don't know. I never found anything, but I was just kind of like, okay, I guess tattoos are seen. If your body is a temple, tattoos are the graffiti and you're allowed to remodel. I think it's more of like a conservative thing. But like, but conservative, like getting bigger boobs. No, but like. Conservative people get boobs in all walks of life. I don't think that has anything to do with a religion. Well, Merritt and I were talking about this earlier. I am just so, I'm so, I'm such a person that I always wished I didn't have boobs that I just, I am that way too. By, 34D over here. But yeah, but by default, you're like, I can't understand the motivation because I just think, if I can yeah, afford it. I understand. I understand. Like, honestly, most modifications, I yeah. think we all have things that would just be easier to like, like take care of it. We all have things we want to change. I mean, if you right. don't like good for you, pat yourself on the back. But I certainly have things that I'd like to change about myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're not going to wear low cut tops anyway. What does it matter? But I couldn't really find anything official on it. But that said, I, um, I agree with the tattoo thing. It's a self-confidence. I, I want it to be edgy. You know, you get like, yeah, a totally self-confidence thing. And, but I, I really do feel grateful that in my youth, I didn't make any permanent decisions because I changed so much in my twenties. So much, even in the last six years, I've changed a lot. Same. Like, I think if yeah. I married the people that I dated. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. I think, honestly, I think about this all the time. I'm so grateful to have not like followed people or like do that 22 year old me make decisions for 32 year old me because right. she just was like wanted attention 
like literally that was my currency. Like I know I just was so, you know, in college, it's just a giant competition. Yeah, (laughs) truly. And, um, no, I think people like, I think people would, you should post more about like high school you and like edgy you. Y'all, you don't want to see it. Because you're so put together. I wasn't though. All right. Hold that thought because real quick, I want to just go over one of our sponsors for this week. I talked about them last week. They're so important to me. And I think what they're doing is incredible. They're called Simple Health. It's a company that is focused on making birth control simple, convenient, and affordable with online prescriptions and free home delivery. And this is if you're if you're already on birth control, if you're looking to get back on it, if it's your first time, whatever it is, it can be just an annoying, difficult, and honestly uncomfortable situation, especially when I was younger. I mean, this would have allowed me to circumvent so many awkward conversations. And even at points when I was just like wanting help with cystic acne, it just always felt like it was such a chore and there's a lot of hurdles in place for what should just be basic health care. But Simple Health is changing that with online birth control prescriptions from real doctors and free home delivery and making it affordable, accessible and convenient for all women. So the way it works is you go to simplehealth.com slash be there in five and fill out an online health profile with your medical history, your conditions, um, your birth control preferences. And whether you already know the exact brand you want, which is fine, or you need something to skip periods or manage acne, whatever it is, a licensed doctor reviews the information and determines if you're a good candidate for birth control, and then we'll write you a prescription for the right method. And what's great is this is this covers all aspects, whether it's the pill, the patch or the ring. And then whatever you decide, it ships to your door for free on a recurring basis. So you don't have to worry about forgetting a refill or missing a pill again. I really feel so strongly about what they're doing, not only because I believe that women should have convenient and affordable access to birth control, but also because women's health, you know, we're in a world where women's health policies are dictated by governments and insurance plans and a lot of male leadership. And it's so important that we're put in charge of our own health and that we're able to make these decisions and these calls for ourselves with minimal interference and I just am so proud to represent a company that is doing this for all women. I do want to, of course, remind you that this is not a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor. You still need those for your overall health, but this is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. So Simple Health, is it's free with most insurance plans. You can pay nothing to use this service every month. But for those without insurance, it's still affordable. Pills start at just $15 a month and monthly shipping is free for absolutely everyone. And the annual prescription is usually $20, but be there in five listeners can try Simple Health for free. If you go to simplehealth.com slash be there in five or enter the code be there in five at checkout. Again, that's simplehealth.com slash be there in five F-I-V-E, just like how the uh, podcast is titled and or enter the code be there in five at checkout and try a prescription for free. And then let me know how it goes. I'm so interested. Like, honestly, like I'm not blowing smoke. I really care about you guys and I really care about women's health. And I just think this is a great service. And when we first started talking and I went on their website, I was like, these like the reviews are insane. They're so glowing. I think that we don't even always realize that the barriers, the, the barriers that are put in place for a lot of people that aren't in our circumstances and how really this is going to help so many people. So I'm so excited that they're a sponsor, simplehealth.com slash be there in five or use the code be there in five at checkout to get a prescription for free. Like you are how you, you are online, how you seem in person, but in person you are considerably looser. Like, like it's a control thing. I think interesting, I, like on Insta stories and stuff. And I was telling you this earlier, we were talking about like podcasts doing like on stage stuff. I'm 
way more concerned about being on stage than I am about being like in control of the camera because I know what angles look good on me and all that stuff. And when I'm on stage, I'm at the mercy of all of these people. I don't know what angle they're seeing me from. I have no control over how they, what their purview is, whatever it is. I have no control. Mm -hmm. And that is my biggest fear. Control is certainly Mm -hmm. something that I thrive on. <laughs> so, well, no, and it's I think hard that's like a me. self-aware thing. And cause you're, but you're, the reason you're successful online is cause you're so good and it's everything you say is so on point and it's, you're, you get your point across, you're concise, you're consistent, your content's incredible. Like it's all so polished Thank you. that I thought you would be like prim more and rigid. Oh, and yeah, you're yeah. like, you're so cool. You're so fun. You're so, you Thank have so you. much personality. <laughs> and, and I, I already knew that about you, but you know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. always like a little different than they might seem online. Well, I mean, what you are in your profession doesn't always mean what you are <sighs> totally. in your private life. And I feel like, I mean, it also, again, I think it goes back to the control thing. Like I want people, I'm a three. We've talked about the Enneagram mm-hmm. before. I want to be perceived as a success. That is one of my biggest drivers. I want to be successful. And so all of the content I put put out there is really, I want it to be really high quality. I really strive for that. Um, I may not look as polished or feel as polished in person, but like everything that I'm doing in regards to my business is that way. And you're the way you treat your business is incredible. And I think you, I think you, you could teach a crash course on like how to run your blog like an enterprise, because I think like an a, adult, like a real <laughs> no, but really you, you really treat it like a business and you're very smart about it. And I think a lot of people are like, Oh no, I just post photos. It's whatever. And then you can trivialize it. But like, no, you like run a tight ship, you make money off of it and it's your wellspring. And I think that like people could learn a lot from the way you do things. If I'm being honest, like even Sussex style watch, I'm like, that, that was so smart. I should have thought of that. But like, I wouldn't do it well. Like you're very, you're, you're timely. Cause the name of the game and especially fashion, any sort of fashion blogging is especially as it relates to Megan, like, you can't really do it two weeks later. No, it sells out. Yeah. And, uh, y'all, this is going to sound really, this, this makes me sound sad almost now that I'm thinking about it and about to say it out loud, but because I'm single and live alone and work for myself, I have the time to dedicate to that. So like, even if I'm traveling or whatever, if I see that she's doing something, I'll just like stop whatever I'm doing and find whatever she's wearing, link it immediately. And okay. Money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Great. But like, eventually if, and when I'm dating somebody, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be like halting whatever Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. It's really convenient for me right now. I'm not saying that's going to be the same in five years or whatever, wherever my life takes me. Um, it's really, it's working for me right now, Yeah, but I, I will not be able to work the way I work now. If, and when I'm dating somebody, like I will have to set stricter hours because I work, far beyond what is reasonable. Like I'm doing stuff till 9 PM every night. I wake up at six, six 30 every morning and literally just go sit at my desk. Like I'm power through. Yeah. I just start. Right. <laughs> so it goes. And when you're having and fun you with do that it too, like when you're an entrepreneur, you have to do it. If you want to be successful, if you want to success is obviously a keyword for me. Yeah. Um, but if you want to like make money, you've just like got to put in hours. Like that's just kind of what it is. I actually love that you brought that up because, um, I think about this a lot because we're kind of in similar places, but in opposite ends of the relationship spectrum, 
I was so distracted when I was like dating that I, that when Greg and I were like four years in or whatever, that's when I started my business. I was like very comfortable. There was like an element of too hard. It's too hard. Yeah. There's an element of freedom I found in being with somebody consistently that supported me where I wasn't so distracted by like, did he text me? Did he like that stuff like takes a lot of thought and like a lot of energy and you just don't always. And like, it's probably weird too when you date somebody and you have a public appeal, like presence. I mean, y'all may have noticed this like over the years I have like met people and dated people and there will be like at one point I like stopped doing YouTube videos and it wasn't like I was worried about him seeing them, but I was so I was like my time was not well Mm -hmm. like executed or used because I was not functioning at my Mm -hmm. normal rate because Mm -hmm. I was which is so dumb also like why am I worrying about that? But I mean, you know. I when think, you get that butterfly feeling in your stomach, <laughs> I think we all can relate to that. I, well, I am very openly like former owner, founder of the Lonely Hearts Club. Like I'm so emotionally intense, and I am I so distracted by anything, any matter of like the heart as it relates to friendships or other people's feelings or whatever. Like my whole day is derailed. Not a great thing for a person that's remotely public facing to be, or even just self-employed. Because how do you get anything done there were I days look where at I anything look at my phone all day and i'd be like i did nothing i didn't even do a single collage it's right. really scary too because it's like how is this having so much power over something that i find so much pride in and like put all of my heart into other times and then one person can ruin it uh isn't that like the story of tr- like anybody that <laughs> true eats- love but of course still single over here so don't listen to me <laughs> no but also like that's just, that's how anything works you, for every 50 pieces of uh good feedback you get the one person that's like negative you're ugly. will stick with you i'm like yeah. oh god i'm a, I'm a troll worst. and it is the worst and i i don't know i it's one of those things where like i am such a feminist and i'm like you know i am woman hear me roar but like also one even half insult will take me down it's and i worst. try to be in, in, honest about it because i i actually don't have a lot of uh, emotional strength and it's something i'm working on build a thicker skin <laughs> building a yeah. thicker skin and i'm also what i talk through on this podcast a lot is i'm trying to figure out is thick skin something you develop or you have and i think you have to in this kind of industry and well, i'm i'm still working on it i'm not great at it i do not take criticism very well no, <laughs> I'll I, be the first to admit that I don't either. And I, but I think that what I notice with people when I ask this question, there's two responses. There's I give zero F's and there's, I don't look at a thing positive or negative. And I think you adapt based on how you are. And I don't want to be a person that can't look at anything. I want to be a person that gets, that can that learn takes and grow feedback, that it. can learn and grow. Yeah. Cause I think it's important. Um, like I might respond negatively, but I'll listen to it and I'll use it later and be like, okay, she was probably right. But, that was still a rude way to say it. Like, yeah. I'll still be mad about it, but I'll take it and think about it and learn from it. Exactly. And I, and I preach a lot about like influencers and how it's like, Jesus, like not everything anybody says to you that's not positive is bullying, right? Yeah. Like gotta, you know, be mindful. It's not of- systematic. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, but at the same time, I think I've learned, you know, I, I, to your point about dating and stuff, or like if something's going on with like a friend or family member or whatever, I, I fall, I fall off the radar because I, I have to, to get any, to get stuff done to power through work. I have to block out stuff. Yeah. And so I just will go dark 
And that's not a great way to be either. And we were sort of talking about this earlier too, about (laughs) earlier this week, I got asked if I would do a blog post on friendships and Kate and I were talking. And while I, I have, I have a wonderful group of friends. I don't think I am the best friend. Like I, I, I feel like I have a lot of work to do in that department, but I think part of it is because I am self-employed and I live alone and I get so in my hole. Like I literally just like will work for five days and won't come out of it unless somebody texts me and it's like, let's do something. It's I'm usually not the person who's going to be like, let's do something because I'm so focused on what I'm doing. And it's not that I don't care, don't want to hang out with those people, but it's, it's really hard for me to get out of that like routine. Same. Um, and so that's how I feel like I'm a bad friend, but (laughs) it's, well, I think the other piece of that too, that I didn't really consider until recently is I feel like since I started doing things more publicly, since I had this podcast, since I had Insta stories, um, there's this thing where people know what I'm up to. So they don't reach out to me anymore. Right. I think that's true. But I, and they've admitted that they're like, I feel like I know exactly what you're doing. So like, I'm never really checking in. I'm like, the joke is it's like, not really what I'm doing. It's like what I'm, you know, I t- what I choose to talk about. I was like very little to do with like there's, my personal There's life. little to catch up on, but I yeah. still feel like, I mean, you still want to like see people. Uh, totally. <laughs> and that's what I need to figure out too, is because I find, find myself getting a little offended, but I keep hearing over and over like, oh, I just feel like I hear from you all the time. I'm like, yeah, if you... If I heard me talk for 90 minutes a week, I wouldn't call me. Like if you listen to my podcast, (laughs) you're great entertainment. That's that's very nice. And I, what's funny is I really enjoy this podcast format, but I hate talking on the phone. I do too. What is that? I wonder what, do you have a Myers-Briggs? If we were the same city. No, Uh, I, I never did that. Isn't that the one where it's like STJ? Yeah. INFP, ENFJ. No. Um, but you're a three. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look into this, but I agree. Achiever. We'd probably Achiever. be good at being friends in the same city because we wouldn't be mad at the, we didn't see each other for like six months. I'm the worst <laughs> at keeping in touch with people in my city and outside my city. Yeah. If people get in touch with me, I'm always down to hang out. I am, I'm flexible. So if somebody says like, let's do happy hour this day, lunch is difficult for me now because I have an employee, but for the most part, I'm very flexible and want to hang out. I just am never the one to think to reach out. Right. And it's not a, it's not a personal thing. It's not like, Oh, I don't want to hang out with this person. I literally am just so caught up in what I'm doing. And so focused on the work that I'm doing. It's not even, I just, I just goes right. Totally. Actually quick question. Read the employee. Um, has it, has it taken a considerable, a considerable amount off your plate or because you're you, are you just multiplying your work? I may be just multiplying my work because I'm doing all these other projects. Isn't now. that weird how that works? Yes, but I will say it's so fun because I'm getting to work on things that I couldn't do before. Yeah, yeah. Like I just launched this capsule collection or not. Yes, I, I want you to des- tell everybody about that. I didn't design that. this. I want to be upfront. It's a capsule wardrobe. So basically I did, uh, I picked 26 pieces and created 100 outfits. It's like a fall capsule, whatever. Um, but I, I do a lot of collages on my site. It's sort of what I'm known for in that regard. I've Mm -hmm. done them since day one and I feel like I've gotten pretty good at them. And I, I like neutrals. People know that about me and it's sort of, you know, so I, I created this and it's a PDF and it's got a hundred outfits, 26 pieces, whatever. What's like the price point range. Um, most of it is under 200. There are a couple pieces, like there's a Strathbury bag taking that from Meghan Markle's back pocket. 
Um, that's over that. But what for is the most Strathbury? Part, is that a? It's a British brand. Huh. Um, I actually copied her. It. Do you remember that green outfit she wore in Ireland? We talked about it, like the slim fitting knit top and pencil skirt. It was like a bottle green, and she had a cognac bag. We talked. I, we talked about it, but also we <laughs> talked about how we felt like her green outfits were, it's no, so good on her skin, I but they always missed. It. No, no, no. That one was a, a tr- it wasn't the strapless. The entire Ireland trip was a hit okay. except for okay. that green, the gray dress that you didn't like. Yes. With the strapless bra. Yes. So the, the bag that she wore that day and the bag that she wore, um, the, the day she wore that tartan coat, the Burberry coat. I love a tartan coat. She had a, the crossbody is what I linked to in the PDF. Oh, I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Anyway, she's worn three bags by Strathberry. So she's clearly a fan or they gifted her the pieces, even though they say that's not allowed. I don't believe it. Would you say a price point wise and it's, persona wise is like a Burberry? Uh, maybe less. It's like four to 800. Okay. Well, okay. I'm trying to think of like a British. It's, I don't know why I've never heard but of I that. But I really like it because uh, this sounds like me, but polished. It seems like it could be very work to weekend. Yes. And I love brands like, okay, I have this thing where (laughs) um, if you're wearing something nice, like I, okay, I have one Chanel bag. It is my grand, my late step-grandmother's. I have not seen it. I want to see it. Yeah, I have a a series of handbags for my late step-grandmother. I am not a, I'm not a labely person. I'm kind of a casual dresser and or a full black dresser. And I, I I don't respect that. I'm just not drawn to thing. I don't know. Whatever. Um, you don't care about the logo. I don't care about the logo. I care a lot more about how it looks. And like, I, I have this, uh, like my token crossbody is a, is a Zach Posen purse that has star like gold stars on it that I got when I, my twinkle twinkle social media star came out. It's meaningful to me. I love it. I wear it all the time. Perfect. Um, but I, so, so there's something, I don't know. There's some aspect of wearing something that's so obviously one brand. Like I, like I have a, her, one of her Louis Vuitton, like speedy bags. I can't wear it. It feels ridiculous. And I feel stupid. Like if people pointed out, like I don't really take pride in it. It doesn't really mean anything to me. Like, so I don't use it. But if I, I love the idea of having you didn't a, pick it yourself though. You picked the Zach Posen bag yourself. Exactly. I feel like that's a very different situation. That is true. Stuff that I find that I really love even if I don't wear it a ton, it's one of those pieces that just like will be in my life. Like it's like, it's almost like an art piece to me. It's not art. I, I know, but totally a lot of people of speak that, that way but, about their wardrobe, but like yeah. some of the pieces, a lot of the pieces that I, wear, I mean, even the stuff I'm, what I'm wearing today is from last year. And I feel like a lot of bloggers are so quick to do the fast fashion stuff, buy $50 stuff, throw it away three months later. Mm-hmm. I really try to invest in my wardrobe that I can wear years later. I wore last, not last year, earlier this year in the winter, I wore something that I wore to my Deb party in college. I'm so shocked that I even, I barely fit into Why would it. you have a Deb party in college? I thought Deb was 16. No, that's not how it goes in Texas. Really? I had, uh, so my Deb party was with like four or five other girls and we'd all, we'd all done all of these debutante balls together in Austin. Um, there are so many bachelors wow, we need helping an entire, hand. I need an episode on a, oh, on your I'm Deb. A Southern Deb. Did you not? I went know? to Cotillion, but I wasn't a Deb. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had the white dress and everything. <gasps> I did the, I could do the bow for you right now. <laughs> did you, who the is Texas? Dip did you have an escort? Called. I did. He was very handsome. <laughs> What's he doing now? 
I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I'm obsessed with Debs, um, mostly because of watching Gilmore Girls. And um, I knew some growing up, but it, it's, I didn't ever know if it was just like an obligatory thing or a thing it's people- It's a society thing. Like, none of us really cared about it. Like, yeah. it was the, I mean, it's a party. It's fun. Like, you get dressed up. But you're presented. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to bow, y'all. It's like your debut into society. Who are you being presented to? just a ballroom of people. Is it theoretically so you can start doing charity work <sighs> that and get married? And Although get married. that never worked for me. So do you know what mom? It didn't work. You tried your best. <laughs> well, that's what I just wasn't sure. Like functionally if in today's world, it means no, the but same I think that was does. the point. Like it was meant to introduce you to men. I don't think it was necessarily right. about because you the get here's who's available. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I have so many thoughts. I'm like, doing cotillion and like how we were taught to be ladies. And it makes me laugh now because it's I so learn some good things. I like. learned a lot about manners. I don't know if I practice them, but like elbows on the table, we're both of our elbows on the table. right now. I honestly need, we, I need to do an entire separate deep dive with you on that. That's, I think it's, I interesting. have lots of stories so I can, I would love your sure. stories. I think it's interesting. And I think it's something that like people aren't super, well, it's not everywhere. I it's not everywhere. I did one in New York, the International Ball in New York, and there were like princesses there. And I was like, I'm this girl from Austin, Texas. Wait, how, do you, how do you qualify for that? I don't know. Just by being like pretty and nice. I would muster a guess to say that there's a donation involved. I'm not sure. Oh, that. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. I don't yeah. know because I, I didn't pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But I would assume that I mean it's I mean you're no, paying that's... for your daughter to basically wear a wedding gown <laughs> and prance around and show her off to the public. Right. It's kind of networking. To get her married. I mean that's basically the goal. Interesting. Did your sister do it? Yes, we did the dip together in New York. It was like filmed. It was a thing. I have to see <laughs> I'm going to do it for you. Maybe we'll do it. We could do it on Insta stories. I am obsessed with this. I just think it's so it's like one of those things where even if you can't relate to it, I think any sort of niche in society of any kind it's is fascinating. so fascinating because <laughs> yeah. when you're in it, it seems normal. Yeah. And I just love to dig into these things that um, because there's there's it's one of those things where we only know our own life experience. We only come from where we come from. And I think it's so funny to examine the things we were told what were conventional and normal as kids that now we can be like, huh, not everybody lives that way. Or like, yeah. not, you know, not everybody does that or that's not whatever. But like my childhood and like adolescence and growing up was definitely unique in that sense. I feel like there, I mean, I, I probably was in five or six debutante balls and then the wow, party wow, wow, wow. was basically like, we're done. That Where'd was you find those was. dresses. Cause wedding dress shopping for me was a special form of help. So, uh, I don't know like, how much you, I need to go into this, you don't but have to, it was, we have to leave for dinner. So, oh, okay. But I also, I, I, I'm obsessed with that world. And so, so many different levels. Let's do another deep dive. We have to. I know. And also it's funny because now that I'm sitting here, because again, last time I didn't know you as well. Um, I, we, we had a topic, but now I'm like, I just need to do like a merit 101 because <laughs> I think people would really enjoy it because I'm really enjoying it. Well, it's interesting. I'll tell are ya. you uh, withholding about like your life in any way? Like, are you kind of more, I find people are very open about their life stories or very reserved. And there's kind of, I think, I guess it depends on what you ask. I mean, there are highs and lows to everyone's life and totally. I'm, I've been public about certain things. I haven't been about others. 
So we could we could consider it a, a, a just a test. <laughs> we'll see. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think too. There's um, what's so cool about podcasts, and what I love to do, especially for people in like the influencer position, is there's just like certain things that you're just not going to volunteer about yourself unless you're asked. Yeah. And I think it still makes it so interesting to hear people's stories and where they're from and more about their background because whether you like it or not, people feel like they know you and there's somewhat of a companionship on the other side of the screen. And there's also an assumption. And that's why I feel like I need to share sometimes because people will make an assumption or they'll send me. A- oh no. Send her a what <laughs> that folks is what we call a cliffhanger. Uh, for some reason, the audio cut out, but it was only like four minutes of talking and it wasn't, I, if my memory serves me, Correctly, it was us like basically ordering a lift to, <laughs> to go um, to dinner. But anyways, I'm excited because I hope to continue that conversation. I hope Merritt doesn't change her mind. I would love to learn more about her background. I think that like, you know, it's just so interesting to hear firsthand accounts of like kind of inside that society sort of world from people that are self-aware enough to know it's not the norm. You know what I mean? And Merit's just like such a cool, down-to-earth, hardworking person that has quite literally earned what she has off of her own merit and um, also comes from a really fascinating background in the South that I think is a microcosm that I would certainly love to explore to the level she's comfortable. But anyway, I appreciate you guys joining us. This was so much fun. I like felt like this was a pop culture palate cleanser for me personally. Even though it was royal specific, it was just kind of like light, breezy, fun combo between two friends. And that's what I love so much so often too, because a lot of times when I'm interviewing somebody, I don't know them that well. So there's a sense of like, I'm trying not to talk too much and I'm trying not to interject and I feel a little bit more tense. But I, I feel like in this, I seem borderline too relaxed, maybe because I was tired, but um, I don't even remember half the stuff I said. Oh, also, I want to clarify um, I actually didn't listen to the full Taylor album leak the day it came out, but people were sending me audio from London Boy. Because obviously my interest is often lied in her romantic life. And um, that was the first time she was like, I guess the rumors are true. So this was the 22nd of August. And that's all I had really heard from the album. And I was I was fearful, guys. I was fearful. I, I was laughing. I saw the dimples first and then I heard the accent. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Well, what are we doing here? But now I get it. You know what I mean? Now I've heard the whole thing. It's a masterpiece. It's perfect. And I will do more episodes on Lover, whether it's on here or Patreon, I'm not sure. I want to do them like song specific, but then I'll become a Taylor Swift podcast and I want to be, you know, keep things more broad strokes. So I've got to figure out the best way to do that. Um, But I'll keep you posted. And I so appreciate that you even care or want that. Of course, I have a lot to say about every single song besides the one I refuse to listen to, which is, of course, soon you'll get better. Um, But yeah, looking forward to all the great content to come. One thing that came out after Merritt and I talked that I think is worth noting is that, well, A, there's rumors that Harry and Meghan are going to move to Los Angeles, but I, I don't know. I feel like if they get a house there, it's more so just like for Doria and like for them to visit her hometown. And like, I don't feel like it should be a big deal, even though she's a royal for her to be able to visit her hometown. It, it seems they're looking into... Malibu and Pasadena, in which case I hope they do go worship at Erica Jane's in-home cathedral. I know that would be my first stop after Nobu. Anyway, um, the other thing that came out was that, so after the whole private jet debacle, 
where Harry and Meghan went to uh, Ibiza and Nice and took a, he took a jet to like Google's eco conference in Sicily and then started a, you know, travel carbon footprint reduction like initiative. So Will, Kate, the three kids, the whole family, they, there were paparazzi pictures that came out soon after of them boarding a plane, a commercial plane to head to Balmoral uh, for their annual break at the Queen's retreat in the Scottish Highlands. Apparently, the, the rumor is, this was in the sun, so, you know, take that for what it is, but that they, the airline wanted them to travel on one of their planes and they ordered a jet to be flown 123 miles from its headquarters for the trip empty. So it apparently this is like a flight that was on a different flight path that should have taken them to Scotland, but they did an alternate route. It left around 45 minutes later. It allegedly was completely empty, according to an industry insider, which would appear to be a deliberate, you know, response slash dig to Megan and Harry, who within the span of, I believe it was 11 days, took four private flights, whereas, you know, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge took British Airways commercial flights to the Caribbean for their holiday. This was a commercial flight to visit the Queen. And then Meghan didn't go to the Scottish Highlands and went to see Serena Williams play in the U.S. Open. It's like, why is she not going on like the, you know, annual family pilgrimage to the Highlands? And it was this whole thing. And then, of course, when Meghan and Harry take four jets in 11 days, despite the prince warning of, the terrifying effects of climate change is what the Sun article is saying. And then he tells Vogue magazine that he and Megan would only have two kids due to environmental concerns. And then there's Will and Kate that are allegedly amidst some sort of weird tension who have three kids <laughs> and who fly commercial. And it's kind of just like, you know, are they, is there any element of this of them trying to be the golden children or is it coincidence or whatever? But regardless, when I saw that sound article, I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? The, it felt kind of like deliberate shade, like watch us carry our own bags and fly commercial. Um, but also, like, I literally cannot imagine being in like first class and then just like being next to the Cambridges. If I were Kate, like I would just hate traveling. It's it's you're self-conscious enough with like kids, period. But when you have to be when you're under a microscope, when people can take your picture and when you have kids that aren't necessarily aware of their royal responsibility yet, who are just going to be kids, I'm sure it's like all the more intense. And again, I I've never flown private. It seems like a great luxury. It, it seems like something that I would totally do if given the opportunity and then I would find other ways to reduce my carbon footprint if something like privacy speed and, you know, efficiency was important to me. Like a lot of a big part of the reason like CEOs have jets and stuff is because their time is valuable and their time equals dollars. And at a point, those dollars add up so greatly when you're wasting time in airports, waiting for like commercial delays, having to get to the airport an hour or two early, not being able to work en route. There's like an efficiency thing there, too. So while I don't know a ton about the carbon footprint of jet fuel. Um, I just feel like Harry and Meghan are the only people that really get like wildly criticized for um, using them when a ton of public figures do, including Leo, who is like a huge crusader for climate change. So I don't know, guys. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because it was an important development since that went down. And I hope everybody has a good week. Go to patreon.com slash be there in five to get more bonus episodes. I recorded like kind of a vulnerable one this morning. That's part of a Kate Lila that I might put up on Patreon. 
kind of about where I am in life and how I feel about like the podcast growing a bit and what comes along with that. And I don't know. It's very Brene Brown of me. I really put it all out there, but then immediately rescinded because that's what we do. <laughs> and uh, there's like, um, you know, makeup tutorial. There's videos with my sister. I tell all about Kanye West Sunday service I got to go to. Um, I talk a lot about, I like read books I haven't published. I, Patreon's where, where a lot of it goes down. So for starting at a dollar um, to support the podcast, a dollar a month, then two ninety five, then five dollars, then ten dollars. If you know you're an angel from the heavens, um, that way you can. That's just a different way you can support the podcast and get more information. And anytime I get, get the scoop or like something juicy, I usually put it on there because I trust people more behind the paywall and who are diehard fans. So also be sure to follow me on Instagram at be there in five. Follow Merit at Merit Beck. Two R's, two T's. Go to thestylescribe.com, sussexstylewatch.com, follow at sussexstylewatch, and leave us five stars, rate and review, and to just come back next week. All that I ask is that you stick around and see what happens. Some topics might interest you, some might not, but we're all in this together, wildcat style, and I'm happier here. Don't forget to go to takecareof.com, and for 25% off your first order with code Be There in 5 you can get your vitamins and supplements customized to you for your specific health needs. You just take a short quiz, answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, health goals, and they'll put together a personalized plan for you with adorable packets with your name on it or your alter ego's name and go to simplehealth.com slash be there in five and or use code be there in five for your first birth control prescription free by real doctors without the hassle, with or without insurance, uh, just in a convenient format that doesn't make you have to be like, I swear it's for my acne, though it may be, but it probably isn't. Um, you know, we just want to make things easy for you. And I love both of these sponsors and their contribution to personal health. And thank you for supporting them on my behalf. And earlier I mentioned, like, I, I love these like Disney one hit wonders that I don't know, they like play music videos in commercials, but Disney Channel didn't really have commercials at the time because it was subscription based. And um, it was like, in my head, it was like Samantha Moomba, gotta tell you, Myra, Miracles Happen, Crystal, Supergirl. I feel like Devil and Morgan Dance with Me was one of them. There, But like, now I'm not sure if Samantha Moomba was involved. But um, I feel like that's why I know about her. She's far superior to anybody on the Princess Diary soundtrack, at least the first one. It's like no a lot of nobody's angel music. It, not my not my jam. But this song, Gotta Tell You by Samantha Moomba, is a real banger. And I think she is the Rihanna the world didn't know they needed before we had Rihanna. And she came before her time. And for that, I'd like to tell her I'm sorry. And I still tremendously respect her contribution to the early aughts. So anyway, guys, I'll let you go. As always, let me know your thoughts, and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Feel